Yeah, I think part of the problem is too is that we just don't know what Nikita means when he says the game's going to be open world. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean like Daisy, or does that mean like I'm going to load into a raid and be able to jump from one map to another? Another, you know, like so. I guess at that point we're just stuck at speculation. But for for me, yeah, I think that's the only way. That's the only way that I'd enjoy a completely open world is if there was a big faction war. <laughs> Generally thinking about it, I'd love to be Bear versus yeah, no, that sounds and fun. You have to actually do raids, but then like to do it, you'd have to be on individual servers and stuff, and you'd have to try and it's like a Minecraft server in a way. You invite loads of people and you all just fight against each other, so it would be completely different. All the maps would have to grow about five million times bigger but could you imagine literally you you see an army of a hundred pmcs running towards your uh place that you have to defend in dorms and you're just on one of the lmgs and firing i mean it's it's insane the possibilities as, about it, but, as yeah. chat's saying Quite, like how oh. hard would it be to do quests someone's saying in chat yeah. <laughs> how do you get the pocket watch and there's like six GLs on each side, and there's like artillery going off oh and mortars. You and guard that pocket watch with your life, soldier. <laughs> you don't let any of those dirty you sex come and get it. Can you it's imagine their property that pocket watch? A hundred players at the start of a wipe trying to go to customs and do a pocket watch quest. That'd be oh, insane. There would have to be like players, and it only spawns maps. once every fifteen minutes. The pocket watch has a reset timer. <laughs> Welcome to the Scabby Boys podcast, our first episode. I'm excited, guys. Uh, I asked uh, Geeky Beef and Shifty to uh, join me today. The new podcast I'm starting, I've always had a passion for podcasting and gaming, and this just kind of lined up, and I really appreciate Geeky Beef and Shifty taking me up on this offer. Uh, Geeky Beef, would you mind introducing yourself for those of you who do not have the pleasure of knowing you? <laughs> yeah hey guys so so i'm giga beef um a lot of people starting to call me giga online now um <laughs> so i've been well i've been making youtube and, and twitch content for eft for probably about six to nine months depending on exactly when you, you count when i started properly but uh it's been a wild ride so far i've been playing eft for about yeah a year and a half two years and um yeah i just wanted to wanted to get into the whole content side of, of things a while back and uh yeah you know guys have, who are following on my stream so far we've uh, we've had a blast and um learn new stuff every day and this is kind of the next next step in a very slightly different direction very cool very cool uh shifty oh yeah so um i i've just had a sneezing fit <laughs> so you know you press go you count us down and then we start the stream and i'm sat here just sneezing away like i can't stop <laughs> it's crazy um slightly embarrassing there but yeah hi i'm shifty hi um, I've been streaming for three months now. I'm uh, probably in my 10th week of streaming, um, and I've been loving every single minute of it. Um, I pride myself on having a very loving and community that like to rip the um, living hell out of me from time to time <laughs> and laugh at all of my gameplay. I'd love to say that I was new to the game because it would explain how bad I am at it. But, um, unfortunately, I, I can't say that. I've, I've got over 1,600 hours in game, and I've been playing for uh, two years now. Um, and I've loved every second of it. So, um, yeah, I talk off for the win. Very cool. Well, a little bit about me. I um, started playing EFT in early February. 
and I just absolutely love the game. Um, one of the people that got me interested in EFT was General Sam's video. I forget which one, but I was subscribed to Aqua FPS, who was not doing EFT content at the time. But YouTube's algorithm recommended General Sam to me based off their relationship somehow or another. And um, yeah, I just fell in love with the game. And as I stated earlier in the intro, I would just had a passion for uh, podcasting and wanted to combine the two. And um, I'm really curious more about how you guys got into content creation because I've always been a consumer and this is sort of my first slash second step into the content creation world. So what what sort of like inspired you guys or made you want to go this route? Um, I guess, yeah, I guess I can, I could take that first, I suppose. Um, it's interesting because we both have completely different ways of getting into it. So it's going to be an interesting answer for both of us, I think. Yeah, because actually, I'm not sure if I know this for you, Shifty. So this will be interesting for the, for the two of us. I mean, yeah, f- for me. Um, so the reason, it's actually kind of a weird, it's almost a weird story because the reason why I started streaming mm-hmm. in the first place was because Tarkov has no replay system. believe it or not (laughs) and i am really a i still say it now right even though i've been playing fps for ages as like as kind of my main um i still see myself as a a a strategy game and an rts player really at, Mm. at my very core and that was kind of like always my my thing and my forte and those games always have replay systems in them and you always watch your own games back and you always watch other people's games and it's like it's just how you improve and so it's always the way that i've kind of done it and i used to watch replays back on PUBG as well to see like where people were how to you know how to uh, not make the same mistake again and try and improve my decision making and it's always something that i've done and in tarkov because you don't have that i was like well you can stream on um you can stream on Twitch and it's effectively just like a free recording service because you, know, you mm-hmm. can keep your games for seven days or whichever. And um, and my sister actually used to stream um, before I did because she used to stream Dota 2. So she's on like a Dota podcast and a few other things. And um, so she kind of like showed me how wow. to set it up. And uh, yeah, so I just I literally just used to use it from there for like either like funny clips to like just share with mates and, and mostly for watching my desk and seeing where people actually work because right at the beginning it's... Um, it's super, super hard, right? And you just don't know where anybody is and you get shot out of yeah. nowhere. And so at least you can like go back and, and look and say, okay, well, on this frame, I can see the muzzle flash from this guy and he was hidden behind this thing. And you go, okay, fine. So that's where people are for the next time. And so that was that was really that was really the beginning. Um, but it was weird because there was a guy who it's kind of my first viewer ever um, called Mega Heavy. And he used to be a follower. So my sister doesn't actually stream anymore because um, she's got too much other stuff going on. But mm-hmm. he used to be one of uh, her viewers. And he... Came, I'm not even sure how he managed to find me, but he came across and he started watching my stream. And it was weird because before I literally just had no viewers and, and that was that was okay. But he was just he would just be there and then we'd we'd chat and stuff. And um it was really that just from that very first single one person, yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could actually do this. Like I never hadn't really con- I hadn't really considered it before. And so from there, I, I was like, start to have a look into it, um, did a couple of streams, and uh, yeah, just started looking into the whole the whole kind of world around streaming and what you need to do and that kind of stuff. And, mm. But then with, with zero viewers, you know, you don't, you're not really, you don't, you don't get anywhere. And I was, it was still a lot earlier on in my Tarkov career as well. So it wasn't really that good either. Um, but after a while, I kind of wanted to make a bit more of it. And um, 
I started looking up stuff online and I bumped into a few people around like Harris Heller and a couple of the guys who, you know, are kind of like sort of not coach, but you know, they're like stream doctors kind of people, like how you actually get a following and this kind of stuff. And a lot of people recommended starting a YouTube channel. And um, it was, that's something that I'd always wanted to do, which is like learn to do video editing. Cause I'd literally done none ever. Yeah. Um, I'm very much more of like, um, I've got my, uh, like a scientific background. And so I'd never used the Adobe suite at all. I've never used Photoshop. I've never used Premiere Pro until 2020. And so, and I was like, I don't even know how you would put a video together from scratch. I literally had no concept. I was like, I know how to use MS Paint. So I kind of get Photoshop, right? It's just like an advanced version. But mm. how do you actually, like, how does a video even get, get formed? Please and, tell um, me your first video featured MS Paint. I don't think it does actually, because that would that would be oh. way too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so then and then from there it was kind of like, oh, well, this is a really nice project for me to be able to learn learn some of these skills that I wanted to learn just out of pure interest, and gives me a project to actually do it on. Right, it's like if you're trying to learn a foreign language or something, but you never actually speak to anybody in that language, you're never going to learn. Or if you don't visit the country, you're never going to learn. So you you need a project. It's like like programming, like languages, like anything. You need something to actually use it for, otherwise you won't learn the skills. And so it was a really cool thing for me to be able to do that and then it just kind of uh, yeah i got got more and more into it and looked into more of it and it's ended up actually becoming something quite quite cool and yeah. um I'm, I'm quite yeah i'm just really proud and and you know thankful for the support that everybody's given me so far getting to where, where i've got to and we'll see where it goes that's awesome yeah, i'm 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 almost the complete opposite i've so i tried streaming about three or four years ago as my wife will uh, attest to and I found it incredibly disheartening heartening at the time. I think Twitch was a pretty mean place to be because you would sit for hours and hours and hours and just talk to yourself, wonder if you had any viewers and yeah. you wouldn't know what was going on. And you'd always want to uh, become affiliate. That was the goal, was to get your sub button. And back then, of course, it wasn't really called affiliate. You just randomly got given your sub button. So back when I started trying to stream, Twitch would recognize, and I say recognize in inverted commas, because they would basically look at the analytics and see who had a lot of people going to into their stream and who was doing well and they would basically decide on a whim from what i could tell who actually got their sub button there was no rhyme or reason as to actually how you got it it was just given to you and that was horrible because you would just sit there for ages and obviously i wasn't getting very much traction i didn't know that many people i was trying to play with friends that i was playing with before and I just I was too naive as to think that I could actually make it as somebody at that point. I hadn't grown as enough as a person. So I, I kind of just gave up as most people do. And I ended up um years ago finding Tarkov and my group of friends that I've played with for over a decade hated the game. Like they could not stand the fact that it was that hardcore that you mm. couldn't see the HUD, you didn't know how many bullets were in your gun, you could easily shoot your teammate. They hated it. And so I had to go in search of finding new people to play with. So I actually found a uh, Discord community, which mm -hmm. had a few thousand people in it. But um, on a regular basis, there was about 100 of us that would, would play daily on Tarkov. And obviously, you wouldn't play with all 100 in one day, but you would you know, jump between channels and you'd meet new people. And I made a lot of friends doing that. And um, I ended up becoming a manager of that Discord community um, for the Tarkov. I, I ran lots of events for them, um, and we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and over those two years, um, Discord halfway through brought out the ability to stream your mm -hmm. Discord channel. And what I found was that I would have lots of people, uh, myself and my friend uh, Jake TTV, who's uh, another streamer, um, we, we would be playing together in duos and we'd have people just ask if they can come and sit in our Discord channel and watch 
and it was becoming more and more apparent that people were enjoying watching us play together and um ended up going from there into thinking okay well um let's you know give it twitch another go so i i hadn't thought about it but jake said that he was going to give twitch a go and unfortunately he's a complete technophobe and i spent the best best part of about six hours teaching him how to actually use obs and get a stream up and going and i thought you know what if i'm going to be sitting here helping you and sitting in your chat i might as well just stream as well and so it was just on a complete whim months ago that i decided that i'd start my stream again and see what happened and i actually got to affiliate within seven days so wow. seven days that you needed, um, I managed to get to affiliate and it was an incredible feeling. I remember sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I've got the email. This is this is insane. And I mean, there were a few tips and tricks that I can uh, share um, to get yourself there for sure, to guarantee that you get your average viewers, etc. But um, I think the, the, the fact that I was coming from a background with such a large discord community behind me, yeah. I already had people that I knew that would be willing to watch me play. Mm-hmm. And actually, it gave them a better platform in which to do that. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So I started streaming, and I've um, I, I I'm a huge networker. So um, I'm always it, my wife hates it. In my spare time, I'm always in other people's channels. I'm always saying hello to people. I'm always watching people on my night off, and um, it's kind of turned into a, a full blown uh, passion. As such, I, I, w- I won't call it a job because. I don't really like jobs, but I really enjoy doing this. Um, and I would genuinely love to uh, start a YouTube channel and bits. But being a full-time um, event manager, having a young family and streaming five days a week for six hours odd at a time is already far too much that yeah. um, I can currently do. So, I mean, further down the line, I'd love to, once I've got a bit more of an establishment and I've got a bit more time behind me slash um, I don't feel as... Uh, into uh trying to make new things for my stream and it's kind of settled into more of a rhythm then i'd love to start trying to make videos and start making a youtube channel and going that way whereas i kind of feel that um gigabeef i kind of feel that your uh skills are incredible at making videos i've actually linked nearly all of your videos into my uh discord channel in the tutorial section (laughs) because they are just so detailed yeah and i've actually had four people um that have come into my channel and actually said wow, that video is really good. I don't know who he is, but um, he's great. And I'm like, well, he's a streamer. You can go watch him, you know. Um, but um, Thank so, you very I mean, much. I think your videos are great, but uh, I just, I, I don't have the the attention span at the moment to be able to sit down and put that much information into something. I think if I was to make a video now, all it would be is a montage video. And who's <laughs> going to watch a montage video from a uh, guy who basically his montage is about team killing people. So um <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that I'd I'd get more dislikes than likes if I'm honest. That I mean that actually might be a pretty uh interesting video to watch content wise. I know? suppose there is the Xville camper. Maybe I'll be the team killer. Yeah. Maybe that should be my <laughs> new name. Xville camper, landmark and uh, shifty the team killer. Yeah, exactly. Just make it like a funny video. I'm I'm pretty sure cuz like for you we had this discussion last time on um on when you joined my stream right and like you you know you've got way you've got way more of the technical skills than i do in, in terms of actually doing the stuff right like i I've, i'm still learning so much about software like you were talking about after effects and i was like i've never used after effects and like <laughs> you have like so many skills that i don't have right but if you know i'm sure there's things that i could help you with on youtube if you need to um in terms just of like in I like mean... in, in, not in not in terms of the actual making of the videos necessarily but just kind of like the the meta damn i was about to say of... i'll send you the content you create them. Be 
but like YouTube's kind of its own beast, right? Like Twitch is Twitch is actually quite a straightforward platform because it's you know it ranks everyone by viewers and people join your channel and you know you network with people and and your your hopefully your channel gets bigger if you're engaging with chat and um and and people like your stuff. Like YouTube's YouTube's a funny beast, you know. It's the uh, well, no one knows the algorithm, do they? Exactly, so it's the, the problem, isn't it? You, it's the unholy god from above that you know bestows fame and fortune on some and strikes others just into the gutter and no, no one really knows exactly why or, or how and but there are there are ways there, there are things you can do yeah no 100 percent. but i mean that's that's the thing is i'd love to start doing that kind of thing but i know full well that i would be i would worry about all the little details in the video i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. spend far too long creating something and actually nobody would notice that small detail that was incorrect because i've noticed it because i take a passion in trying to make it as better as best as i can possibly get i know that somebody watching it would completely glance over that and wouldn't even notice the mistake if that makes sense yeah. so that's kind of my downfall that i have to kind of get over it's like gear fear in tarkov it took me all of about three months to get over the fact that i could lose gear and once i did i became a much better player because of it mm. i no longer cared if i lost gear i mean it upset me but i didn't worry about taking something in as much or some stuff so i think it's the same kind of concept isn't it it's i i'm gonna worry about the content i'm putting out and people judging me and and how good that content can be which will actually slow down growth considerably and it would actually affect the algorithm for my channel and yeah i think so i mean yeah youtube likes consistency and it also the thing is it's, it's funny because people people always say stuff right like i have people say things about my my stuff very like since i started and still have people say stuff now and i look at look at the other you know the the big creators and they put stuff on twitter saying like yeah people still say stuff to them now and it's like you know even if like nine nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine people watch a video and like it and one person doesn't they write a comment that's the thing you're going to see and think ah you know and it's like there's always there's always someone who's going to write something about your stuff and you just have to kind of like again it's like with the gear thing it's like you know you go in and you make you do the best you can in the raid and sometimes you die and yeah sometimes yeah. you get a, a crappy comment and you just have to go well whatever and a lot of other people liked it so uh, i'm terrible for that i have to admit i am the worst person to react to it so if something's really wound me up if i've just gotten killed in a really stupid way or you know i'm i'm uh, my blood pressure's up you know i'm all hyped up i've got adrenaline running through me and someone just says no, the wrong thing i'm i just snap i'm terrible for it i'm really trying to stop it but someone says well you're an idiot or that was stupid or gg or something like that and i'm just like oh, come on don't 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 mock, please <laughs> and i'm terrible for it really terrible yeah. see amy agrees amy agrees my wife agrees so much that i just snap at the wrong things which is something to do with my personality i'm sure but that's probably the thing that i'm working hardest to try and uh try and change yeah she said lots of door slamming because it is. <laughs> i have to get up walk away and calm down and come back and be like yeah well that happened let's move on and uh yeah mm. yeah i i found that uh, things, what's that one of those things isn't it it's just yeah. uh it's it's personal growth <laughs> well i've heard that it's a good practice to like when you have like a lot of comments you just go on like the first one or two top comments and then you stop if you come across a negative comment, you just, you know, end it there. Don't even bother. Just, you know, step away. So, because it, it I don't can even be mind really it. toxic. If, yeah. I mean, if, if someone comes in, starts calling me a hacker or something like that, I feel quite honored, to be honest, because yeah. I've got TTV <laughs> yeah, no, in my name. No, so they come yeah. in and start calling you a hacker. I'm like, I'll, I can show you a million clips as to why I'm not a hacker, but still, yeah, no, one good play and I'm a hacker. <laughs> but, um, and even when they come in afterwards and um, they start, 
goading the fact that they killed me. Like that doesn't bother me at all. As long as I have good PvP, I don't mind dying. But it's when you die to something, when you die to Tarkov, shall we say, when you get desync mm-hmm. or lag, or you know, you don't even mm-hmm. see the person, and they come around the corner, and you're just completely uh, unaware that they're even there because you don't hear them. All those kind of things just frustrates me more than anything. For sure. Yeah. Um. And you can watch it, but the, the genuine thing is, you can watch it on their screen, and they just come around the corner and see a dozy idiot walking down Skybridge without a care in the world because they have no idea that there's someone at the end. And uh, you can watch it on my screen and see that I'm looking at the end, and no one's come around the corner yet. They've obviously been there and, and shot you. So, I mean, it, that's just the kind of way that it goes. But it, it does irritate me sometimes. Yeah, one of the things I've um, heard too, going back to like. Uh kind of like more the YouTube space where you get these negative comments is that it can be so bad for a content creator where they almost end up subconsciously or intentionally looking for the negative comments. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So it, yeah. It because like you're kind of waiting for it, right? Yeah. You're, kind like of you're anticipating it. it almost, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. I think like it's kind of actually got a bit easier for me than it was. I think mm. there's at the beginning, it's really, really hard because at the start you're trying to get, literally anybody to watch your stuff like the the route right. from if you've already got an if you've already got an established following like um it'll be easier for shifty to go from what he has now to getting some you know some stuff on youtube because you already have something right like i had zero views on twitch and started with youtube to begin with and you're basically like there's like a couple of phases from getting from like zero to 100 then 100 to a thousand and then a thousand plus and then i don't know we'll see so i'm not really qualified to talk about it after that <laughs> but like zero zero to 100 you're like you're gen- genuinely kind of like marketing your your channel to individual people to try to get them to subscribe right like it's kind mm-hmm. of in that zone and so i was using reddit a lot because the reddit uh, i you know i want to go and check the rules and the, they do actually allow you to post stuff there um so long as it's yeah. not more than once every two days or something yeah and um I was posting two videos a week anyway, and so I was putting them up there. But Reddit is like way worse for that than YouTube. Yeah. People are, it's like genuinely 50 yeah. 50 of people who are like, this video is useful. And then other people just being like, this is crap. This is awful. Why are you even on here? The mods need, like, I genuinely had like people coming in being like, why haven't the mods dealt with this guy? All he does is come in and push his YouTube channel. And like other people coming back on him saying, like, do you really just want people complaining about hackers and stuff? Like he's actually trying to provide useful information. So it's like, it's, it's that kind of, it's like a back and forth, but it's still annoying when people say that stuff. And it's got a lot, it's a lot better now it's on YouTube. Um, Cause people are like way more constructive. And I think that's partly just to do with the, the platform. People on YouTube are expecting to see that kind of content. And so they're not yeah, you know, on Reddit. People are, like, like, people are expecting to just like scroll through. They're not expecting sure. to watch 10 minute video. Yeah. Um, I think but, I think the other thing is yeah. the type of video surely as well because if if cuz I mean looking at your uh, your gallery of videos on you, on YouTube uh, Gigabeef you have and we were talking about this the other day some of your earlier videos that you are how to videos and stuff you probably spent a lot of time on them and they've got the least amount of views but some of your more recent ones have got far more and it's it's the clickbait scenario isn't it I mean if someone's going on YouTube to look for something in particular a gun build like how to do this quest like how where to go on this map or how to play this map or something along those lines then they're far more likely to leave and or a question but if if you show them a montage of gameplay then they're either gonna start commenting on your gameplay and say you could have done this better or something like that they're gonna have more of an opinion if you're telling them a fact they're gonna have less of an opinion on the fact in theory because it's a fact that makes sense yeah i mean that's uh 
that yeah there, there is there is that there is that but then there's like you, you still you, people find a way honestly you'd be you'd be surprised people are very creative in being able to find <laughs> ways of doing this you know just like things like you know you've gone to all this trouble doing this build you know but this gun is useless compared to this other gun like why haven't you just gone with this everyone's using this other gun yeah like even just simple stuff yeah. like that and you're like yeah I suppose. okay or like um God, I don't it's even know. Of, just why, like, why modern ADAR when you could just use an M4? That kind of uh, yeah, exactly. Comment. And like, look, I've, there's there's videos that in, I've looked back on and gone, yeah, you know, I've, I I get it, and I've I've changed stuff and I've learned from them. Like the first one of the first ones I did that kind of went like semi well um, was this kind of like ADAR modding guide, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do an ADAR one because it's like I can do the very basics of like AR15 modding from scratch and people who are going to be looking for that are going to be looking for ADAR guides, right? Because they're not going to be looking for M4 guides. Like I know I wouldn't have been looking for an M4 guide if I didn't even know how to mod an ADAR. And so I'll make an ADAR guide. You'd and then to take out an M4. Yeah, That's exactly. Point, so I was like, it? fine, so I'll make, it, so I'll make an ADAR guide. And then I was like, well, I want to combine this with a build as well. And so I was like, fine, I'll just put like a budget recoil build with it. Thing that I had forgotten is that probably the people who are trying to look for the guide in the first place don't have level four traders. And so <laughs> the the build didn't really make sense. And I've had lots of people say that on, on the YouTube comments. And I've gone, yep, yeah, I've learned from this. Yep, yep. The, the other ones I've taken this into account. But you, then you still get it again and again and again. People being like, well, the problem with this build is that the, uh, you know, the the, uh, the hand guard you have to buy from level three mechanic and the, the rails from level four mechanic. And do, do you think the beginners are really? I'm just like, no, I know. I get it. It's out there now. Like, like it's two months old. I, I learned. I see understand. exactly what you're talking about. My chat are going crazy, <laughs> saying, "Tell him there's no such thing as an M4 DAR, and tell him that you can't convert an ADAR to an M4." My chat's going crazy for it. I mean, that's this not is your chat. YouTube that's, that's blowing. That's 100 percent blowing. <laughs> that's 100 percent blowing. He loves Quite it. Possibly, but uh, he loves yeah, it. He does. He loves. He loves converting <laughs> ADARs to M4s. It's his favorite of, of all my content. Brilliant. Yeah, I, well, I agree. I mean, go ahead. I think that it's well. I was just going to say. I think that it's um, admirable that you've gone the harder route. I mean, obviously, you're using Twitch to bolster YouTube, and you're using YouTube to bolster Twitch. But I mean, from a content creation point of view, I mean, you've you've effectively put your heart and soul into creating videos and put them out there. Mm. I mean, from my perspective, I'm literally sitting in front of uh, my computer playing games as I normally would be, even if I wasn't streaming. Um, it's just that I've added the caveat uh, that I now have to watch chat and comment so that um, my wife lets me carry on playing yeah actively. yeah i mean there, there, yeah there is that i think i think for me it was like um just around timing and stuff like youtube you can kind of like edit the videos whenever um whereas twitch you're kind of like dedicating that block of time that was kind of originally why i wanted to do it because to give myself a bit more flexibility and um i think yeah it, it just kind of like fits the way that i play the game and, and stuff i like i always wanted to i like teaching i actually really like teaching people and so i I always want to tell people about the game and teach them how to build stuff. And, you know, I've taught a few friends who unfortunately don't play anymore, but it's, uh, it's I always like playing, you know, teaching people who are new and showing them like funny little tricks. I love, I love funny little tricks, you know, like one of my favorite videos is one of like the lowest, the lowest uh, view videos I have, like from really early on. And it was actually, it's not even very useful anymore, but it was one where like you can go on the flea market, find an AK that's got a loaded mag in it double click on it open it up and if there's no round in the chamber you can actually double click on the mag turn the mag in the viewer and actually see if there's 762 bp in there because of the black tip on the end and it's like little things like that that is my jam i love that stuff so much and like 100 people watch that video and i still love it like it's one of my favorite little tricks and things like that just make me so happy and that's what i wanted to share with people which is why i wanted to do it this way because it's something that you enjoy yeah definitely but i mean find that one of the hardest things to do so 
it, from a from a YouTube perspective, I mean, making a video and teaching etc. is probably a lot easier than. Uh, I mean, I I like playing with new people, but I find that as a Twitch streamer trying to stream to entertain my regular viewers etc taking someone that's never played the game before and taking them into the raid i find that really really difficult because you you almost have to split your attention two ways Mm. and you really can't you're trying to help Mm. someone i mean it it was proved yesterday when i was playing with viewers one of the first raids i went into a raid with uh uh one of my uh viewers that i've actually gifted the game to because he won a competition and uh, he's been playing for a few weeks um, and we went into a customs raid, but he didn't have a particularly good load time for whatever reason. He was syncing with players, and we got into a fight. And uh, he he loaded in, and he didn't know where he was. And I was like, "Well, just lay down and stay where you are, and uh, I'll come and find you as soon as you kill these people." And I'm walking through uh, on customs looking for this person, and literally two seconds later, I see someone laid next to a wall, shoot him in the head, and <laughs> it was him. <laughs> and I hadn't realized that he'd spawned right in next to me. But he had done exactly what I'd said. And I just literally just one tapped him in the head, and that was the first uh, viewer raid that I did. And I was like, "Well, crap!" <laughs> and he just he just quietly in chat went, "Um, that was me." <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean it was you?" He's like, "I'm dead. You you shot me." I was like, "I didn't shoot you. I shot the guy I was looking for." He goes. No, I was laid by the wall like I said I was, and and you just shot me. <laughs> I was like, oh for God's sake! And so it's really really difficult to actually because I, I was so focused on trying to kill this two man and the other person I would just died and they were really geared and it was really difficult to actually realize that I needed to be able to make sure he was somewhere and so it's really difficult to play the game stream and teach somebody new. So I I'm, agree. I'm kind of I agree. In all, I think that's... I think even like my I kind of decided really early on that I was pretty much going to only stream solo um because if you're streaming on Twitch right the the important thing is the community and chat and I don't feel like I can dedicate enough time to chat otherwise like I'm I'm notorious for like carrying on chatting to chat whilst in combat which people are like you're you're an absolute <laughs> nutcase can you just focus on the fight and i'm just like what are you guys saying like even during the guide and people were like look at the damn screen stop looking at chat i was like final final like mission on the guide like trying to do shoreline and everyone's like please stop looking at chat like you make <laughs> sweat so bad i'm just like oh god but that's the thing it's like i think if you're maybe if you're playing with um with other streamers who've got their own chats and stuff it's kind of like a bit you know they kind of get it a bit more um but yeah if you're playing with um you know new completely new people and stuff it's very hard you've got to dedicate a lot of time um because you need yeah. to yeah you need to facilitate your chat right it's kind of what you're there for so it's almost like so I, I chat is your duo buddy yeah pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i actually like some people are like oh sorry for backseating or whatever and I, I actually don't mind i like i take a lot of advice from chat and do things chat tell me i should probably add that to my stream just like get people you know i, I play tarkov but really chat tells me where to go because that's kind of half what happens anyway <laughs> yeah backseating is 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 awesome um but blowany always tells me that i'm always too slow to read his backseat instructions yeah. So you'll say something, and I'm I'm concentrating, and I look over, and about t- thirty seconds later, that piece of information would have been really useful, but I'm now dead. So uh, <laughs> you, you know, I'm, it sometimes it's it's not great. But, um, I find I've fallen into the trap that I play with people too much on stream, mm-hmm. and I love playing with other people, and I do play with mostly other streamers. So you can do a squad stream and watch both of us, if that makes yeah. sense. But um, I find that um, when I am streaming with other people, I just, just talk anyway. It, it, like i don't mute myself on stream i talk to both chats and quite a few times depending on who i'm with i normally get their chat up as well and talk to their chat at the same time to help them because that's cool for instance that uh, jake um that i 
streamed with and have known for years, he's terrible at talking to chat because he hates reading. He's he's not very good at reading um, on the fly. Mm. So I talk to chat and he provides the good gameplay. So he gets the kills and I just I'm just like a cameraman running around after him half the time because he's just sprinting off and killing people. Um, I I definitely want to start doing more solo streams. Um, but I think that when I'm playing solo, I I just find it really difficult to play the game. It's like a completely different way of playing Tarkov. It is. It really, it really is. Yeah, it really is. But I can't. I kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe maybe it comes back to the way that I always used to play competitive games as well. Because like the the strategy games I used to play, um, can, like properly and like playing hard, it was always one v one. And so I've always like competitively played on my own, really. And so I think maybe I'm kind of used to that already in some ways. And um, and I think. I think compared to some of those games as well, and especially, um, you know, I was actually never that good at Dota. I played Dota 2 for a long time, and I was never actually that good. I was like, I was okay. I was kind of like middle of the road. But that game is like intense the whole time. Like you're busy doing stuff continuously. Whereas something like EFT is, you know, it's it's it gets really intense at times, and it's quite like As paranoid making and stress. Yeah, but there's a lot. There's a lot of downtime. There's time in stash, mm. time loading in, wandering around when you're just kind of like scanning for stuff. And I think after hiding a while you just kind of get used to it. Yeah, and hiding in the bush. There's plenty of that. <laughs> plenty of that yeah i think chat yeah. managed to watch me looking at the back of a uh yeah it was the labs i was actually the one after the guide it was doing capo i needed the fire steel that was the only item i needed left and chat watched me for 20 minutes sat what uh, the back of a forklift and it was the most stressful 20 minutes anyone had ever had including me and we literally didn't move and there were raiders everywhere and fights going on and it was it was it was crazy but yeah that was even worse than like sitting in and a bush because you had just, the item I had the item, and oh. um, I was stuck in the little dome thing, you know, with the the, the barrels that are fallen over. And there's yeah. it's kind of like the machinery room area. I was like on the ground floor there in that dome, and I was behind the forklift yeah. in that dome. And there was fights and raiders everywhere, and I could just hear them. And they were like walking around like in packs of four, and I was just like pinned there. And every now and then a player would come and kill them and stuff. <laughs> but it was it's one of those things. It's like you know, only in EFT could people just watch you basically stare at a static screen hidden behind cover for 20 minutes and it still be entertaining and stressful because it's just like 15 minutes of me like speaking to chat being like where are we going to go like guys you tell me i don't know labs that well like where's the downstairs section like where's the cover like you tell me what what, what let's discuss what do you think the best way to get out of this situation is like i'm stuck <laughs> and with every gunshot and every uh, explosion it gets more and more intense yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly Definitely. exactly but then I also think that some of the best content I've had on my channel is so for some of the guys that I play with, um, not necessarily streamers, but um, there's there's people that I've played with in this Discord community that I was a part of for years, like Jake and uh, a couple of the other members of the community. Uh, I've played with for years, and so we know how each other plays. If that makes sense, we got to the point where we can kind of predict where each other, where we're going to be, and flanking is really easy for us, and we can kind of move around and actually kill people in quite tactical ways which I, I think is quite good content. I think people enjoy seeing that mm. kind of uh, gameplay. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I need to do more solo stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I hang out in Dan Exert's chat a lot, and every other day he'll do like do a raid to chat, and then the next day he'll do like solo raids. And I, and I noticed that the solo raids, it's, you know, when it's not super intense, it's a lot more interactive with chat. He'll be like, Help, hold on guys, let me catch up with chat, you know, and he'll just pack mags in the corner. Whereas like a duo <laughs> raid... Sometimes the content just kind of like I don't know overseeds the uh, the chat interaction because you can really get yeah. into like the comms and like the teamwork as like a, a viewer, you know. So 
I guess they both kind of have like the pros and so and cons. people start communicating with you less and um you get less messages in chat because they were enjoying watching it. It's more of a, a, a show than a interactive uh, conversation yeah. as such. But the content can still Basically. be very good, you know? It's just that maybe they've a yeah. little bit less on the chat interaction scale for sure. I think that also helps in uh, larger... Maybe this is one of the reasons why uh, Twitch actually stopped people from squad streaming um, unless you're a partner. Because I suppose from a uh, content creation point of view, they're trying to do people a favor. Because uh-huh. if you're always doing squad streams, yeah, always ignoring your chat, right, or at least not giving it as much attention as as you probably would do, so yeah. um, Gigabeast's kind of way of of streaming solo and doing the occasional special, etc., uh, you know, playing with his sister and doing all sorts of um, YouTube videos and advertising that kind of thing, it's probably better from a a, a growth point of view because you're actually always concentrating on your community. And although I, yeah. I talk to my community all the time and, and I do play with other people and I play with them, I noticed yesterday when I was doing a raids with community, um, when I stopped, uh, so when I started doing that, I had everyone wanting to play and uh, I didn't want to fall into the trap of doing a five man. And I had some really good fun raids and had lots of people in chat and we were enjoying ourselves. Um, then kind of halfway through when I was, you know, getting more into the gameplay and a couple of other people joined me and we started doing, uh, helping Blowany get the guide done my viewership actually went from mid-20s down to six people. And it's because we were going to labs. So they were all suddenly like, oh, actually, I don't want to play labs, so I'm not going to keep watching because they didn't want to join in with that part mm. of the stream, if that makes sense. So I, I kind of feel I kind of feel like, for instance, you can go to some Twitch channels and, and they're always streaming labs. I think people will go there to watch that content and to watch right. the gameplay more than they'll go to watch and talk to the streamer. They go to physically watch the PvP. Mm-hmm. My audience, I think, my audience kind of come to communicate and talk to me and enjoy talking, enjoy asking questions, enjoy communicating, and and just uh, watching me fail quite a lot. That's kind <laughs> I, of it's just more honest gameplay. Yeah, I think like you kind of like you build your community around what you like to do because you know there's lot there's people who a lot of people who come into my stream obviously come from from my YouTube and so. Right. Um, uh, this, uh, you know, there's a real mix of different of different people with different skills and stuff. But like a lot of the people who come in, who are like brand new to the the channel, and they often end up sticking around and coming back. Are like you, like there's quite a few people who are like brand and you know completely new, or or they've only been playing for a month or a couple of weeks or something, and then they you know ask ask questions and they say, well, what do you think about this? Or how do you think I should do X Y Z? Or I'm trying to complete this task. How do you think I should do it? And it some people come for that kind of stuff. And it's, I think that's, again, it's like a reflection, like whatever, whatever you do, like whatever content you create that then mir- mirrors onto your community. Right. So if you have like a wholesome community full of people who are helping each other, then that's kind of like mirrors. Then all the new users who are coming in, who are also going to be like that. Right. And if you've got a, a, a channel that's based around like guides and whatnot, you're going to have like more sort of beginner people asking questions. And if you've got something based around, you know, entertainment and, and streams, you're going to have more people wanting to come and play. Um, and, and then the alternative as well, if you've got like a very, very PvP heavy sort of labs centric sort of, I don't know, potentially slightly more toxic culture, then you can have a more toxic chat with people who come to watch only PvP and then you're going to heckle you when you die. And it's kind of, you know, you, it's sort of what you, it's of your own making, I think, in a lot of ways, you know, you kind of, yeah. you have to make your community the way that you, you want it um, and that reflects you well. I think I missed my point before as well. I, I was saying that, um, Twitch stop you from doing squad streams to your partner. I think that's more because when you've got less people in the chat, you should interact with them more. And then when you get to the pact where you've got hundreds of people watching, 
doesn't matter as much because I mean, has anyone actually tried to read every single message in uh, someone with a thousand people in their <laughs> Twitch channels? And uh, on subscriber only mode, it goes so quickly that you can't even read anything. So I think it's more of a point of at that point, you are trying to entertain people and do more impressive things than you are to actually communicate with people in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Definitely. I mean, I wonder. I actually don't know where that where that threshold lies. You know, from where you go from like people being able to communicate with you and chat with you properly to like you can't keep up with chat properly anymore. I, I'm not sure where that where that number is. It's probably I genuinely think it's quite low. I think it's between if 100? you have 15 to 20 really active chatters. Like mm. I'm not talking about how many people watching, but if you have 15 to 20 really active people talking in your Discord, not in your Discord, sorry, in your channel, in your text, chat. It goes so quickly. And when you're trying to play a game like Tarkov, if you literally look away for 10 seconds and you look back, the chat has dropped down and you suddenly can't see the messages that you've missed because it's carried on going. So this is why I think a lot of streamers have portrait screens. Like, you know, they get ultra wide Mm. monitors and stick them in a portrait way so that they can see just a long list of text going all the way down from the roof just so that they're able to actually try and keep up with some of the messages. Yeah, it makes Um, sense. I I think it's actually quite a low number of really active chatters, and we could probably test it at some point. And if everyone in the chat started talking right now and saying stuff to to someone, if they have like 15 or 20 people watching, I'm sure it would just literally just go down and down and down. So I think it's on number of active chatters rather than viewers. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably that's probably right. And then I guess yeah, you, as you say, you you move over from being kind of like a small community creator to kind of a broader entertainer where your your channel is more like a broadcast yeah. than an interactive stream, yeah, so exactly. to speak. Which is almost a bit sad because that's kind of not. You then would lose quite a few of your original audience, in my opinion, because I mean the amount of people that come into my channel and say they like coming in because they can interact with streamers and they like watching yeah. because of the small community. I kind of wonder if you then start to migrate over to the the other side, if that makes sense, yeah, to the next exactly. set of people that just like spamming emotes in chat and doing all <laughs> yeah. sorts of weird things. There definitely is like a threshold because I notice when I watch bigger streamers, oftentimes some of the content comes from chat's reaction to what the streamer's doing. But like the, something will happen or there'll be like some random copy pasta that just catches on. And it's just like some garbage, low tier BTTV emotes, just like copy pasta or whatever. Or someone will say something and the streamer will call them out and they'll get banned. And then like it'll just be like ban emojis going down through like chat. And like in a, in a way, I find chat entertaining their reaction to what the streamer's doing because it's just like a cesspool of memes and, and stuff. So there's definitely some threshold once you get. X amount of viewers that you just can't possibly read every be, single yeah. message, Completely. and chat's a beast of its own. Chat is quite I mean, genuine. Quite that's funny, when I turn right? it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I turn chat off. I just go full stream and screen and watch the streamer. When I can't see what an individual message is in chat, I just ignore the chat completely and watch while cooking dinner or something. Just the streamer themselves. The big streams chat is quite interesting because it's like, yeah, you don't read any individual thing, but it's almost like a mind of its own when something happens and then like 200 emotes appear and they just all (laughs) scroll past. It kind of like, it's almost like, um, chat's almost like an emotion rather than any particular kind of, you know, communication. You kind of, you get the feel of the crowd from like just the the stream of stuff coming past (laughs) because you get, you get an idea of what it is, right? Because you can see the different things, people with all the different emotes, whatever, depending on what's happened. It's, um, it's kind of its own, its own special thing in some way. So I can see why it's entertaining. Yeah. I, I guess they just roll with the punches. They just yeah. uh, they just watch what's going past on screen and just roll with it. So. Yeah. Interesting. I want to touch on some of the points we were talking about earlier. 
Um, yes. I thought it was interesting. I noticed, you know, because Shifty is more on the Twitch platform focus there. And Gigabeef, you're solely on Twitch. Right. And Gigabeef, you're sort of split in between the two. And we were kind of like talking about comments and, and this and that. And um, it's like Twitch in some ways is when you have like this interaction and it's like a social interaction, whereas YouTube, you like create content or like a product and you put out and people sort of react to it. Right. And whereas like Twitch, you may get like a let's let's say you're just starting out and you don't have any viewers and something really cool or funny happened, but no one was there to see it. Whereas like you could upload a video on YouTube of like the same thing and you might have like a wider chance for someone to see that. You know, you know what I'm getting at in a way? Yeah, I mean, look, the the two platforms are completely different. It's mm-hmm. um in terms of the content as well, in terms of what people actually want to consume, because few people will go. I mean, it, it, if somebody is very, very big, then they can upload. Like if you're if you're Shroud, right, you can upload full raids and people will watch you just for your skill. But if you're a smaller creator, I mean, it's people typically won't watch full raids because they that's what you know they go to Twitch for that right. kind of thing. And so, and it's funny because I had this conversation the other day, and it was you know we were talking about how people go to YouTube for various guides and things. And um, I mean, yeah, Shifty mentioned it to me. And it's like, you know, if you put out a weapons build guide, people love that stuff because that's what they go to YouTube for, to look up stuff. How do I build XYZ? How do I put yeah, a scope on the SKS? How do I do this thing on the other? Why doesn't the brand SKS take a scope? What am I doing wrong? And um, and I, you know, I, I sort of made the point that like, if you're big like Pestilli, then you can put out, you know, full raids and people will still watch them anyway because of kind of the, the provenance of, of the brand. But it's even, it's interesting if you go on, the big creators channels, even their videos that are full raids get less views than the others. Yeah. Right? And so they still get lots of views because be they're big. To get, yeah, you have to have the clickbait of killing 10 people in Laos in one yeah. raid or something like that. To because that's like, sit there for half an hour and watch exactly. It. Cause that's the, cause like you need to have, you need to be bringing some, you need to be bringing value of some kind, right? Otherwise people won't watch the video in the first place. So it either needs to be like educational, it needs to be entertaining, or it needs to be you showcasing a unique skill, right? So somebody like Landmark has a unique skill. He's absolutely insane at the game, right? It's the same with like Shroud. And the people who are super, super good will always get views because they're amazing at the game. And that's its own, that's its own special thing. Mm -hmm. Someone like Pestilli gets a lot of views because, you know, he's very decent at the game, obviously, but he's like, he's not a professional CSGO style player. He knows the game inside out. And so it's his knowledge that people come for really right like and, and also he's very good but it's it's mainly his knowledge and then yeah and then and outside of that it's like you know there are other people who focus more on, on guide type material who like to teach and that's kind of what the angle i've gone from but it's it's interesting um just how different the two the two are but i think the, the main point and the reason why because it was interesting how shifty earlier said like oh i've gone down that diff- more difficult route well for me i was sat at like zero viewers slash one viewer and i was like i don't know how i'm ever going to go out of this because I didn't really, I wasn't part of it. Like I'm not part, I wasn't part of any discord communities or anything like that. I've not traditionally done any particular kind of like esports or gaming networking. I just like played with my friends. And so it's not something that I've, um, it's not something that I've always really done. And so I was like, how do I get out of this hole of just being at zero? Cause you're and, literally um, in a rut. Of, uh, yeah, exactly. And, and, and YouTube was kind of like the, the route for that. 
for me. Yeah, that was that was the that was the way through because on Twitch there is no and look, look tons of people said this right. There's like there's no searchability on Twitch. It's just a list of people. Yeah. So unless you've come from somewhere else, like a Discord channel or something, you have to bring people to Twitch. Twitch as a platform will not help you get your channel marketed. Whereas on YouTube, you can write something and say, "How do I, you know, mod an AKM specifically for shooter uh, for um, Punisher Part Two, right?" And some people will find that video simply because of the way it's tagged. They're scrolling through and they look through a couple of them and they go, oh, this one's short enough and blah, blah. People will just find these videos, right? And so as a, as a creator with a non-existent following, YouTube is a good place to start because people will find your stuff if it's good. And if, if it's okay and people do watch it, YouTube will push it to other people who are looking for the same thing. And YouTube has search. And YouTube has search. And that's the, the, the big differentiator between the two. But I mean... There was something I wanted to say before about comments because you were talking about you know not taking comments to heart and that kind of thing, and about the threshold. And I always wonder about the the tipping threshold. Like YouTube's equivalent to the tipping threshold on chat is yeah. like is about comments. Now I you know I read every single comment that gets written on my channel, and I say I probably respond to seventy five percent of them. If I, I, I at least you know thumbs up and and like the ones that that I agree with. Um, and but I read every single one and respond to most of them. And I wonder at what point that's. I mean I'd hope that I would still be able to do that um as as we go through but i can see like some people who just don't respond at all to any comments or anything and maybe that's their maybe that's their style but it's um it's an interesting one because you know i always want to it's the same thing of like building a community right like yeah, i want to be interacting with people people ask questions and right. yeah you want to be responding to people i just that's yeah. what that's what we're there for that's why why we're making content is you know, i don't you know it's not just like putting content out there for people to view it and then okay you know i count my number of views or whatever <laughs> it's like people ask questions and and you know, to, to help people as the value that I'm trying to provide to everybody. And it's nice to hear people's feedback. It's great. Right. And then they're more likely to come over to Twitch too, and then have a nice chat with me and build a community yeah. of wholesome people. That's kind of the, the angle. It's, it's cool. So from the opposite side though, the, the way that I managed to uh, cheat my affiliate as such, and it wasn't <laughs> a cheat, but it's a legitimate way of doing it. But effectively I have, oh, sorry, two seconds. Bless you. I have my wife. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I have my wife to kind of thank for this. And it's, it's because if you look at the first hundred pages of Tarkov streamers, Im imagining there is a hundred pages, I don't know how many there is at the moment. Mm -hmm. but if you look at the first hundred pages, everyone has got between zero and two viewers. Then the top 10 pages have people with over that. So if you are actually. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. My, my son wants his iPad. Um, you come and say hello. Man. He's in the green screen. There we go. He's gone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so if you if if you get past the first hundred pages of uh, zero to two people, then um, if you're able to get just three people watching you, mm -hmm. you you suddenly jump above thousands of thousands of Tarkov streamers. And if you're in the top kind of um, five ten pages, you're more likely to be found. Yeah, and it kind of sucks to be in the middle, but instantly. Your average views, etc. If you just literally put on your stream on your phone and on your iPad or something along those lines, or you get your brother or your sister or your parents, or you get someone that you know just to watch your channel, even if it's while you're just starting, you will that more people will come into your stream than you would ever have imagined because you've suddenly got more people than the bunch, the horde, yeah. as I probably would. And actually, for me, when I started off, I had my phone on my alternative account because uh, I have a private lurking account that I use. I had Amy watching on an iPad. I had Amy's sister watching from uh, up in North Wales. I had Amy's other sister watching from uh, Stockton. 
and I literally just had family and friends watching me. And I, I even um, a couple of the people that I work with who are into gaming, they they just chucked me a lurk and stuck it on. So instantly on my first stream, I had you know six or seven people watching me from the beginning. And although they weren't interacting with me too much because they didn't give a damn about what I was playing and they thought it was quite a stupid game, mm-hmm. um, it meant that I got above the horde and the rabble and I was able to actually yeah. start generating community members because they would come in and see that I had you know, X amount of people. They'd come in and say hello. And then once I get someone to say hello, I would say that I'm, I'm particularly uh, attentive. I'm an attentive streamer. I'm, I'm quite good at you know, saying hello back, remembering who people are. Um, and at the beginning, I even had a spreadsheet. So if someone came and gave me a piece of information, like I, uh, I'm, I'm just going to use Blowany. I'm Blowany. So uh, I, I, I learned that Blowany was Welsh, and he lives in Ireland, and he's uh, moved to Ireland to be with his Irish wife. I wrote that down on a spreadsheet so I could remember that piece of information. So I, it helps me re- retain it, but also I can go back and if he comes into the channel again, and I need to get that snippet back. I can actually turn around and say to him, oh, how's it, how is it in Ireland at the moment? And uh, how's the weather going in Ireland? Or something like that. Something that just gives him a bit of a, a unique feeling that I've remembered who he is. And actually, I've taken the time to learn who he is and, and a bit about him. And I've remembered it the next time he comes into stream. So I've got a new guy on my channel called Pivot. He came in a couple of days ago. So he's from Greece. Um, so I've written, written down a bit of information that I got from him. And it's, it's that kind of, it's, it's nothing that anyone would probably take as personal. But it's just that nice little gesture that I've done something to actually take notice of someone that's coming to my channel and, and show them a bit mm-hmm. of appreciation and learn who they are. I couldn't do that when um, someone is, I see my chat are talking about it now because Oddbod's from Wales as well. So now that I said Blowenny's Welsh, they're now talking about where they're from. <laughs> um, but it's that kind of thing that I find makes a community. It's that kind of gesture. And I won't be able to do that when hopefully, fingers crossed, I have 100 people watching. But I mean, for now, to try and build up a nice group of people, it, it's definitely gone a long way in helping people come back and retain people and retain viewers, for sure. Um, so that's just my little tip of uh, something that I've done that I don't think a lot of people will put the time and effort into doing, but it's, I think it's helped me a lot in learning kind of who people are and who's watching me as such. Yeah, um, I, 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 also have, I also have a tab in a, a Google Sheet as well. Wow. That's <laughs> yes! I'm not the only one. <laughs> I also do the same thing because I'm I'm quite bad at remembering that kind of information specifically. Like I my brain works in a very specific way for um weapons mods and attachments and certain pieces of mathematics and that kind of thing and uh, it, it doesn't really click mostly with um when things happened on what days or um necessarily like people one thing actually I do do find that I use as my defense on this point is that especially given that i'm across two platforms people have a different username to on youtube that they do on discord that they do on uh twitter that they do on uh, on twitch and that does make it really hard and it's not something i'm great at anyway it's not something i'm great at anyway and that makes it like 20 times more difficult because people don't immediately the people just as a kind of like they forget that you don't know and then they're like oh hey you know i was watching a stream the other night when like, you don't know them. you've got a completely different name yeah <laughs> anyway i, I have it your... all the time yeah. i'm like hang on who am i meant to be dragging in what's your discord name and it's something like completely different and you're like well i'm really sorry but how am i meant to know when it's completely something different i mean if you had um you know someone that had word shifty in their name and their the name on twitch is shifty 
and their name on uh, Discord is Shifty Sucks, you can kind of take the leap and say, well, that's <laughs> right, going to be yeah. uh, Shifty, isn't yeah. it? But um, when, when someone's got the name Shifty on uh, Twitch and then they've got the name Alfredo on uh, Discord, you're just kind of like, Pasta? Really? Who's that? I have no idea whatsoever. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's so difficult. Because you're just trying to string together text, you know, bits of information yeah. like, oh, this yeah. na- set of characters said this, so this relates to them. Yeah. But you don't have like a face or anything to exactly attach it right. to. There's nothing And it's even worse. Now. And it's even worse on the stream, right? Because like you're trying to play the game as well and interact with chat and yeah. trying to remember everything that everybody said. It's um it's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Mm. Before we um, move on, we should probably talk about Tarkov at some point. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that game? I'm Tarkov. I've never heard of that. No, I did want to touch on one thing before we move on to a different topic. Sure. Um, from my experience, when I did a few streams a long time ago, um, and friends would, you know, friends that I played with would come in and we would chat. And I was like, you know, it was a great experience, but it kind of just felt like, like I could be doing the same thing, but just in like a Discord call, you know, and like the one or two rare times that some random viewer would come into my chat and say something, I would end up missing their message, you know, and it was like. I lost out on that chance to engage yeah. with them, you know. Whereas like YouTube, you on the flip side, like streaming is I guess a lot simpler, maybe easier you could think about it. But if you make like a especially an informative YouTube video, I feel like you put in so much more work and effort. And then the first comment on there is like, Oh, this is crap, blah blah blah, you should have done this, blah blah blah. Or even you yourself are looking at your own mistakes in your video like, God, why did I why did I say it like that? You know, or why did I mess this up? You know, it's so much you put so much more work into it. But it's just interesting to me, like they're both like the same they're different platforms and they're consumed like through the same medium, I guess you could say. But like the experiences are just like totally different, especially when you're starting out, you know. Yeah. And and I agree with I mean, you. It's like Reddit. Yeah, there's just such a small marginal representation of people that ruin it for everyone else by being toxic and uh, giving bad comments, etc. Yeah. And then, as you were saying earlier, YouTube, there's probably less people now, and people coming to find you are actually trying to get there to um, to look for the information itself, and so they're they're less likely to be hostile. Um, and then on Twitch, people are just going to leave your channel if they don't like you. They they might say one word and leave. But I suppose. Twitch is the most forgiving platform because it's a live conversation. So you can yeah. always give as good as you get if you're that kind of streamer. That's true. Um, or you've just got awesome mods like Blowinny who could just say, yeah, you're blocked. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> Not that I've ever actually had to block anyone that wasn't trying to sell me followers. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it, there is such a difference between the three platform, uh, sorry, the two platforms mm-hmm. completely. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it is a huge leap. It's just like, it's a huge, it's just, it's, uh, the only thing, yeah. The only the only thing I have to say about it is that like yes it is a lot of work. You're not just playing the game on on your own, and people are coming in. Yes, you have to do a lot more stuff, and you, making content for YouTube is a lot more like work than streaming is. That's the truth. But that's why if you have zero on every platform, that is why it is easier to begin there because it's harder and because less people will do it and there is less competition. Mm. Right? And that's that's the reason why. And it is easier to go from zero. And I've done it. I've gone from literally nothing. I had nothing on any on any platform, and it is easier if you put the time and effort in. And it is and it is hard. Um, but I think like I think and in terms of just like trying to def- sort of defend yourself against like salty people, especially after the first bit, uh, especially after the beginning where you're just trying to like push your stuff. 
if someone comes in with a, an annoying comment, like the way that I always just tried to, to view it after a while, because it did actually really bother me at one point. And you know what? It still does bother me. I'd be lying if I if I was going to say that it doesn't it doesn't bother me, right? Because when you spend like 10 hours making something, like you, you've got all the clips, you have to cut all the clips together, you have to decide on the content, you put it all together and then you actually put it out. And even writing the descriptions, the titles, making thumbnails, all that stuff, right? Like it takes time. Yeah. When you spend all that time on it and then somebody says something that's like really annoying or really nitpicky on something, it, it is hurtful, uh -huh. right? But... I think so like there's always that hard problem <laughs> that comes in and starts slagging off something that you've done. Yeah, and, and, like, and that's just going to happen. A lot right? of into this. Yeah, and it, at the end of the day, it's just like you know they don't see it that way. They they don't know how much how much work goes into it. But ultimately, the way that I managed to turn my mentality around on it was just like the algorithm likes comments and social interaction. YouTube doesn't really know what's written, right? And actually, even down likes are positive on YouTube. So the more comments you get on your YouTube video, the people who are hating, they're actually just fueling they're the actually fire. Actually helping you. They're That's actually crazy. helping. That is so interesting. And, and once you really realize cool. this, it changes your mentality completely. And then after that, even more so, like the way that I normally like to do it, some people are like, they've gone to the brink and they've gone past it, and there's just there's no saving them, right? But there's some people who say things, and my favorite game is to bring them back. And I've brought, there's a couple of people who I've had conversations with and they say something, they just like, they write something in there, maybe they're having a crappy day or whatever. And they just go like, oh, this sucks, right? Blah, 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 this sucks. And then I come back to them and I'm just like, you know, I'm sorry you didn't like it. What didn't you like about it? I tried to do this, that, and the other, and this is why I decided to do it this way. And they come back and they go, oh, you know, I didn't really mean it like mediation. that. Sorry, like blah, 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 blah. It's, it's and mediation, isn't it? You're, yeah. you're having so the conversation, you're trying to... Yeah. You're trying to bring them back. You understand. You're talking to them on their level and saying, right, well, what could I have done differently? Yeah. And you get their opinion and you start yeah. that open dialogue. And, and sometimes you've people got a subscriber just, and someone that watch your videos. Exactly right. Sometimes people just make like snap judgments. Like my favorite one of all time, my, my absolute favorite one was a guy who picked up on, I think it might even have been my MP5 video that was like one of the ones that did really well on my channel. And um, I had some clips of the stream that I did with my sister. And this guy just like came in and was just like, um, he was like, if you want to be a big YouTuber, um, then, you know, you, you don't want to be one of those douches playing with e-girls. What are you doing, basically? And I just replied back to him. was just like, hey, man, like, yeah, I play with my sister sometimes on stream. You know, we have a good time. It's all about having fun, right? And then he was just like, oh, my God, that's actually really cool. Uh, I'm now subbed. Uh, I actually watch your videos all the time. And I was just like, boom, <laughs> got him. <laughs> and I love it. I love bringing people back from the brink like that, right? Because it's just like, you just have to just like try and desalt the waters, you know, every little... Yeah. Every little bit that we can do to just make people a bit more human is like, you know, is one step further to, I don't know, just making things nicer and better. It's so interesting you said about the negative comments. comments because I love it. I love it. It helps your channel when people type it helps your channel to you in a, yeah. But I, well, I promise Gigabit. I will go through every single one of your videos and write shit on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just to help you out, okay? Well, here's the thing. I, once a week, I'll go on EFT Reddit and I don't really do the hot front page because I just feel like I'm, I know what I'm going to get. Like I'm going to get some type of like, Hey, I artwork, blah, blah, blah. Did you guys know? You know, I go to controversial and I oh. sort by the past week. So I get to find these like really interesting discussions, but they're usually filled with some type of like negative hate, like mindset, like, oh, you're stupid. You just want to change the game, blah, 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 you know? But that's where I found some of the most interesting ideas and, and theories or, or, or topics and, and controversial. So it's, it's super interesting to me that you mentioned that because I, mm. I can say I found it true for when I'm browsing content on Reddit anyways. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, red is red is the worst fruit by far. Red is the worst fruit <laughs> yeah. by far by by percentage anyway. In, in my experience, it's um it's way worse. But <laughs> cool. Well, should we talk about um, the patch twelve point eight? I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, go yeah. I mean, it's details. so good, isn't it? <laughs> it's amazing. It's so amazing. It looks, it looks, <laughs> it looks so similar to the old patch. I'm, you know, it's oh, amazing how know. how much they said they were going to do, but it just feels the same. Just so everyone at home watching uh, understands, uh, we had quite a large section of this podcast dedicated to the brand new patch that should have dropped on Wednesday, and uh, we're now sat yeah, here I'm pretty... before this going, well, patch didn't drop, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> pretty bummed out myself. Uh, what What's something you guys are excited or at least anticipating for? Well, I always patch? called it was going to be Woods. I always said that Woods was going to be the next mm. map they updated, but they didn't do my idea. My idea was that they were going to expand all the way around the lake so you could run all the way around the lake so you go either side of it if that makes sense and you can actually shoot people across the lake and i thought that was going to be epic because it would double the size of the map but they've gone the other way they've were like nah we're not going to do that that doesn't make any sense the lake's the lake you don't want to go that way <laughs> instead they've uh, they've obviously expanded over by the car extract which i'm i'm very interested to see how it works yeah, with the dynamics if you can go all the way around that mountain i think it's going to definitely open it up like it did for uh, customs but um I have to say I'm skeptical as to whether I'm going to enjoy it or not because Woods has always been a pet hate of mine. See, I actually quite like Woods. It's weird. Like, a lot of, of people here. don't like Woods. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Woods. And I've actually had quite decent times on Woods throughout my Tarkov life, I think. And I feel like that's possibly learning quite early that going around the wall edge is just like instant death mm. and so after yeah, realizing 100%. that <laughs> after realizing middle. that because people because people well people think that woods is a huge map right and woods is really not very it's big not. at all because the the actual active area of woods is very small and yeah. it's actually sawmill, it's it? way it's... more choke pointy than people think because you can't yeah. really go through sawmill unless like i've actually done my fair share of it trying to kill sturman they're just running around with like a akms and it was actually really fun but if you're playing like properly you don't go into the sawmill whatsoever you've got the beach area side which is like much 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 safer and then you have that crazy rock. pinch point area yeah exactly or all of that yeah, section that's why it's which is just like is because it's just you know? such a pinch point yeah, um, yeah and and genuinely i woods is one of the maps where if you spawn on one side you know mm -hmm. full well that you're going to have a much better raid than if you spawned on the other side i mean with customs now with the expansion it doesn't matter which side you spawn um i mean obviously big red has got some of its uh spawns messed up at the moment but actually the expansion on customs it's made it far better just wherever you spawn you're going to be in with a good chance of having a good raid whereas on woods if you spawn over by uh, a house, etc., on that side, the chances are you're going to be dead before you get to see Sawmill, unless you run straight there. Yeah, it's because the spawns are so close together that it's it's so difficult to get out of that corner if you spawn in that corner. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it can be bad. It it can be bad. It can be bad over on that side. But I actually prefer. Maybe this is this. Maybe this is just me then, because I actually prefer the Scav House side of the map. That's actually like my bit that i like to play in it's actually that the the place i tell everybody to go and get scav kills as well like my secret spot on woods secret spot it's becoming less secret the bigger the channel gets um <laughs> and um, you can just like lie down there and kill people kill scavs whatever and it's like it's uh it's a really great spot so i actually love that whole area and other than the the spawn right in the top right up in mm. the north northeast that one mm. you can't like because you can you can you can have that spawn camped by the other spawns so that yeah. one is kind of bad but it doesn't happen very often to be honest you're talking you. about the human um, truck the the one it's it's 
it's it's over by the rocks over on the far on that northeast wall so like when you're right up there further down like oh. further to the east than the truck itself so it's like further along than the outskirts yeah i'm talking about it's so like outskirts and even more east there's like Are right you in the corner no, this is this is completely the other side. This is the this is the east side of the map. This is the um... oh, you, sorry, you're talking about so the truck being in the middle of the road. You've got to the left of it or the right of it if you're looking at the extract. So to the left of it, you've got the kind of the rock and pebbles and the kind of coast. Because you right talk, are you guys talking about corner. the the main the big main road scout extract outside. area? Look, well, yeah, because scout, scout that's house. where I thought you meant before. But... I'm because I'm talking about yeah, I'm I'm talking about scout house. I'm talking about what's north house. though in that corner behind. Is north What's the lake, north or, is, or south the south is the truck, right? Like well, the one where you pay money. Is that what? Because when you say east, I'm thinking, what is that extract all the way out there on the east side, like uh, past north of um, Red Rebel extract? Because you got two of them, right? You got the one that's like the the blue truck with the green crate. You know what I'm talking about? And oh wow, you you're the on road. the completely different. We've literally all three of us are talking about different parts of the map. Yeah, because that's the west side to me. <laughs> That's yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the one side for me. So yeah. what what's the spawn you're talking about on the east side then? Because for some reason I thought you were talking about the west side. I'm talking about the east side. I'm talking about the spawn just near Scav House, but it's like further into the corner. Okay, where Actually, like the behind to your Scav right and Scav corner. House to your left. If you're looking behind, towards yeah, if you look the out the side of the map, yeah, yeah, if you're looking out from there, yeah, because yeah, I'm I've, I'm very like I'm very like map centric. I think I think about the map <laughs> more than anything else. <laughs> I'm very bad bring at on the compass. I'm actually, talk about the compass because none of us I'm actually really bad. I'm really bad at directions, and it's what makes interchange really bad for me. And I find like I'm 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 challenged. I am actually challenged when it comes oh, to interchange. Is great. Just remember the store names. Yeah, the store names. That's why right? you can just say the you store names. The then you don't have to worry where it is. It's awful for me. It's awful for me. That way. But I feel like uh, just like okay, trying <laughs> trying to like short circuit this and get this back on track because now they're talking about maps and now everything is so confused. The scav house side, like I feel if you spawn at scav house, you just have to play. You have to play that area and, and ignore sawmill. I think like if if people are running yeah. straight to sawmill yeah, on, that, on that east side, then you're, I mean. then you're going to die and you're going and you're playing it wrong because you've got that open. You've got the whole open area. You've got the bunker section down by the wall, but even that's kind of sketchy because you can be seen from the other side because the wall is like you're just silhouetted against the wall. You may as well be against like the running along the top of a hill line on the sky because the world is white and you're like pmc shaped in front of it and people can just snipe you from wherever so you i feel like you have to play that section kind of on its own and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. have to think about sawmill afterwards and like yeah it sucks if you're trying to kill sherman or someone but like you're just not going to get there like not safely anyway no, you're not not you're gonna die on your way and there'll be somebody that will be waiting in a uh, bush somewhere for you to run past and they'll yeah, just kill you on the way it's because it's a u-shaped map right and if you're spawned in the top right corner up by a scav house and they're spawned yeah. all along this you on your side you got someone close to the lake and then in between this whole area so this guy that spawns really close to sawmill he can decide if he wants to go rush sawmill or he could just turn around and just camp and wait yes so you have to like fight your way through everybody the worst guy there that. so in the in that top corner the one that i don't like is the spawn or fighting i don't like people spawning are the one next to the lake because the people next to the lake can yeah. camp that corner spawn, and it's very hard for you to get out. The only mm. way you can really do it is to push along the north westwards directly towards them and up to the truck, past the actual exfil, and fight them that way. I don't think there's really any other sense for of doing it. Can. As quickly as you can, yeah. Yeah, you have to kind of get up there. Because then it's like you're, they're down here, and you're down here, and there's like a ridge line in between, and then it's kind of fair at least. So the problem with that spawn, if you're in that corner next to the, if, along the wall by the, uh, the lake, is. Just across from there is Pebbles, 
which is the rocks if you're looking to, from there to scav mm-hmm. house, not scav house, sorry, to attachment cabin. Yeah. Line of pebbles. There is now a spawn, and it happens all the time to me. One group will spawn on the pebbles, and one sport group will spawn in the corner. And you're literally, you spawn looking at each other. <laughs> you cannot not. You spawn <laughs> facing each other. And it's just like, three, two, one, and fight! And it yeah. literally is. You just spawn facing each other, and you end up playing instantly or killing a team instantly. It's one of the two. There's no forgiveness in it at all. That's the thing I hate about Woods, and that's why I stopped playing Woods this patch, and I'm waiting for the update. It's because three the paces. spawns are 100% broken. Three paces, everyone no draws their revolvers, play. right? It's like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly that. It's I almost guess... like there should be an unwritten rule that if you spawn there, one of you runs one way, and the other runs the other, and you try and find each other again. Yeah, I, I used to hate Woods, but I, I've grown this wipe. I wanted to play more webs, maps that I don't usually play, so Woods was one of them. And I've grown to like it because once you get past the spawn system, the way the map flows, it, it can be really interesting because there's a, there's choke points you can flank. Like you have you have di- different options and you could engage. If you try to, you know, rush Salmo or get on Dickhead Rock or something early, you could get shot from behind while you're finding a guy over by Red Rebel Extract. Like, it's super interesting how the map flows once you get past the spawns. This is a map that has to have... If you don't have patience on woods, you can't do it. So I had a game yesterday yeah, at Nightwoods, yeah. and uh, it was for blowing his uh, guide quest, and three of us went in with uh, Reapers, nighttime, M1A with Reapers, um, and we were against another squad that had at least two Reapers. And we were by under Sniper Scav on the uh, end of Spine there, uh, and they were by the Car Extract. And we couldn't see them, but they could see us. And so I kind of feel that the choke points at the moment, like the way to get around that was to retreat and go down to the beach and round and do it as quick as you can so they can't go back and flank. And you can just get around them. But the flank to actually try and kill them is so dangerous having to go into sawmill if Sturman's mm-hmm. there or if anyone else is there. And there's so many scabs that actually you just give away your position straight away because you end up having to shoot and kill them or something on those lines. So I just... yeah. That although See, Wood just... has a lot of good combat and it's a good map, I kind of feel that it's just fully laid out, in my opinion. Well, the... I kind of hope that's what they're fixing. Well, see, I I really wonder that because I feel like they're going about it the way they did with customs. Because what they're doing, if exactly. I understand correctly, is it's a U and then they're going to extend the bottom part. So whereas customs was yeah, like a line, wider. and they just made it wider, right? It it, it kind of because they're not probably not going to spawn anyone down in there. Every faith, I've got every faith that it's going to be better. Um, I just really hope that they do what the issue they sorted on customs. So customs, going back to before this wipe, mm-hmm. uh, before this patch for the expansion, went to gas. Oh look, no Rashala. I'll go to dorms. That was right. basically it. Right. Anyone running through construction was basically doing a task, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that was the kind of route. And there was too little to do on the map. Now, when the first game first came out, don't get me wrong, um, it was a really good map. And it had a lot of variety because it was new. And people were running solo mm-hmm. a lot more than running in teams. But the second you get a five-man on customs before the expansion, it was just so ridiculous. Like a five-man group running from one side of the map to the other, they could basically just split out and see everyone and, and kill yeah. them as they went across the bridges and stuff. I love the way that customs are now laid out because if you spawn in Big Red, okay, some of the spawns are slightly broken at the moment, sure. but you have to push across the bridges. So right. you've you've instantly got different layers to the map. So you've, yeah. you've got Big Red area. You then have fights at the bridges. You then move from the bridges and you either go towards dorms 
straight down the middle of the road or you go crack house and then you can from each place you can go to the next place so it's almost like they've completely widened it and given you far more places where you can get into interesting combat but also they've... reasons to go to other places on the map now there's you don't have to go to dorms to get your loot you can go wherever you want and there's chances to get decent loot in every part of the map which is why i think they've done really well with the customs expansion they've completely <laughs> revolutionized it I think it's I think the customs expansion is quite is quite cool but I had kind of mixed feelings about it. I think that it's I think it's good because it's the beginner map and I think that they needed to reduce the amount of PVP on customs but I actually do miss a little bit the the density of PMCs. I don't feel like it's fixed the big red problems. I feel like big red is very similar to how it was before except it's slightly really better because some all. people yeah, because some people run from the train straight across to across the river now into the new area. So sometimes there's one group that's missing. But other than that, yeah. I feel like big red's kind of the same and all they've done is kind of like short circuit the middle of the map through the through the bottom. And yeah, now there's loot on that map which is actually also quite good and I think it's better for for new players, but I feel like customs has become a little bit more boring for me in some ways i don't know i just think it's a bit more dull like i used to find people i don't like because i don't really like i'm not a player that will like go to dorms to find pvp i tend to do a lot of my fighting outside and i don't know whether this is just because of like adad spam i'm not really that keen on it or, or whether it's because like the previous fps is that um i was playing well i played PUBG for like three years and that's all outside pretty much there's a some interior stuff but it's not really a focus right most of most PUBG's outside and um, it's just kind of what i'm used to I'm, I'm not sure but i find that i found that previously just like going through the map you would find fights around customs before whereas now if you try and play it in the same way like i might find one person but then that'll be it and you have to go to you have to go to like a here is a designated pvp zone to actually go and fight anybody whereas i used to kind of like i used to more enjoy just bumping incidentally into yeah. other people doing stuff which i feel like i don't that much anymore i don't know i I disagree i find i bump into people more now than i did before i mean the the difficulty before was everyone was going in a line so if you Mm -hmm. bumped into anyone around dorms you would always get third party or even fourth fourth party and it became a cluster people fighting and i kind of feel i don't miss fight i i like fighting people in dorms don't get me wrong but I, I really don't miss the fact that you would fight in dorms. And then as soon as you win, that was like, okay, well, you've got five second break. And now round two, let's go on. As you get pushed <laughs> outside and the next people come in. Okay, well, I cleared that wave. Oh, what do you know? It's the boss wave. And suddenly the four man geared where for Chad's come in and just wipe the floor of you. And all the combat was in that fixed area. But I kind of feel that with the expansion, there are hot pot uh, hot spots but i feel that the map is utilized a lot more flanking is so much more fun on customs now mm. so if you get into a fight around skeleton 2 so the new skeleton building at the end of the construction area yeah which is a great place because you can see dorms you can see gas mm-hmm. and you can see skeleton 3 it's kind of the central point into a fight near or around there you can literally flank in any direction and get behind the people or find them from another vantage point which i think is so useful and if you get into a fight over in the dorms area two-story three-story i don't think any of that magic has been taken away from you i think that's all almost exactly the same and the new expansion doesn't affect the combat that you get over there i just feel that you you have far more interesting fights now that you can go in and out of the windows on dorms 
I think that actually that was a good change. Now yeah. it's no longer the the, the age of who's wearing an Alton or a level six right. uh, and just right. charging down the corridor. It's now the age of who's got the biggest balls to jump out the window, come back in somewhere else, and kill them. It's I'm it's almost. You gonna come up, bro? Change. I'm holding third floor. You coming up? The amount of, well, genuinely, the amount of times on third floor that I've been killed by someone going out onto the roof and jumping through that fucking window yeah, to come is... back in instead of the corridor, and they, I'm literally chasing them. They run on the roof. I run out on the roof. They come through the window and come back around and kill me from behind. I, I mean, it took me <laughs> at least five deaths to realize that's what they were doing. I was like, how did they get back inside? This guy's blatantly hacking. He's, he's like flying. <laughs> I have no idea how he's doing it. And then someone in chat said, you know you can jump through the windows now, right? no clue completely missed that and i think that's an incredible change and i think those kind of small tweaks that they're making even on the fact that they haven't changed dorms at all in terms of the map design mm. just the fact that you can now go in and out of windows makes it so much more interesting to have pmc yeah. fights there um and i kind of feel that yes if if you hadn't evaluated the, the expansion just made that small change it would have improved the life of dorms because it gives you far more options. You can now jump out the window. You can now run away. You can now do whatever you need to do. You don't have to go through one of the, the main exits. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely think that the change is a really good thing. And I've found that I've been running into far more people having far more interesting PMC fights from lots of different angles than just a linear, I'm on that side, he's on that side, or oh, I see him pipe, shoot, kill thing. How much um how much fighting have, have you guys actually done in the new zone? Because I've done I have not done that much. Like there was some at the beginning, but I don't find I'd see that many people tons. in the new area. Tons in crack house, tons in skeleton free, especially when at the, yeah, at the, at the beginning in crack house, sure. But um, I think even what now, is, I mean, I'll go to crack house to see bodies there all the time. I think what it is is what they done is they effectively added a third lane because before it yeah. was dorms route which was the top mm-hmm. side and then it was down the middle and you had like these side lanes like that would lead to the main middle lane but there wasn't no way to to go through construction or around what would be crack house now to like as a third lane per se and so you have like as a new player you're trying to learn the map you don't realize that you're walking into a choke point you know like the bridge yeah. for example or the train tracks so i think there's less maybe choke point engagements and more just like you happen to be crossing paths at like random locations. And I, and, and I do think that's why sometimes you go through the map and you don't have any, any PVP combat because maybe some crazy fight happened in some random area, you know, like I, I, that, that, that could be the only thing I would, I would guess as to why maybe for you, Giga, you haven't seen mm. or felt like there's been a decrease. And, and I think so too, because before there was such a big focus on either I'm doing dorms or, <laughs> I'm doing quests, you know. Whereas yeah. now you maybe have different options, or you know. So this is like kind of random and off off topic, but I do almost feel like do do you guys get the feeling that you get slightly different raids if you're playing solo versus in a group, like a duo? I was Absolutely. literally about to say Absolutely. this. I was literally about to say, is this something because I'm normally not playing solo? So do you think I'm going in and finding more PMC, etc., and combat because I'm the game style that I'm playing? Because I'm, I'm guessing that you don't run and gun, and you're you, you play a slightly slower game than the average duo I, or trio I, would. I 
think so because you have to, but I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily like that slow. Lowenny's just said Gigad hasn't seen any combat because it takes him 20 minutes to get from Big Red to Crack House with broken legs. <laughs> that's because okay, well this is a whole this is a whole nother topic and a topic that's actually really I interesting. I saw it. It's it's definitely um, true about 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 hardcore, right? And and this is a whole that's a whole nother another discussion for in a, in a little bit, I think. But because um, this is like that's like part of the post Kappa discussion, but uh, but yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's when you're playing solo, you have to play slightly more. You have to be more careful. Methodical. You have yeah, to be more careful. You, you, you really land corners, it. like you have to take your time. Yeah. If you just run in, like, hey, bro, I'm just gonna sprint to the extract. You know, that's just how you get shot. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's that, but almost like what I was kind of getting to, do you think that, I don't, I don't think this has ever been confirmed either which way. Cause I always assumed that it was always oh, just completely random, but I don't know whether if you're solo, you're more likely to run into other solos, whether you're matched with statistically, duos squads less. So, logically and statistically, if you think about it, I think they will put solo people in to fill up numbers. If you have a raid that's got a five man, three man and a two man, and then you're the solo you are going to run into less people because you're effectively, there's only four groups of people in that raid. So you might run into one or maybe two, but yeah. you, you're not going to necessarily see all of them. So I think it, you're going to just get put into fill gaps where there's bigger groups in my yeah, opinion. And... But if you're a two man, then there's less chance of you filling a five man raid. So it's, it's, it depends on how many large groups are in the raid. I think as to how many people you see. Yeah, and I think on that, like, that's even... Cause I don't feel like I necessarily see that many massive groups. Like, I don't feel like I really fight against four-man four and five-man squads very often, honestly, just in general. And that might even... That might be, like... It might, I feel like maybe it's to do with some kind of slant on the way that they actually stack the games. But it could also be to do with the fact that, as you say, right, if the squad is... You know, the, the, the match has got a five-man, a four-man, a three-man, and then me in there, right? The three-man and the five-man are really likely to see each other. There's lots of people to see each other. And if anyone on your squad sees anyone from their squad, a fight begins, right? And so you're really likely to get into combat yeah. if you're in a in a big squad. Just um, and with another big squad, whereas if as a solo player and you go through one of these other lanes, and people people are just much less likely to see you because you're just one person and you just slip through the crack, right? Whereas like a whole squad moving through the map is much more easily seen by other people, and maybe that's part of it yeah. because I get engaged upon a lot less because I'm playing solo and I'm being much safer anyway, and so I'm kind of like you know slipping through the shadows, making sure I'm covered at all times, etc., etc. So I'm seen less. You can pick your fights as well. Yeah, yeah, I can pick my fights a bit better, and I mean, I'm you a did it the other day when we were too. watching. Mm. You, you hid in a bush as someone ran past because there was no way that you could possibly kill him when you were all messed up, you were injured and you had terrible ammo because you were playing on your hardcore Yeah, account. and I didn't fight him. You literally let someone run straight past you and he mm -hmm. walked within a meter of you yeah. and you didn't turn, you didn't make noise, you just literally waited and I, I told you that I was very disappointed because I wanted you to see you die, but I mean, <laughs> it, was the, it was the right play. It definitely was the right play, but... Um, if it wasn't my last set of guns, then I might have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what it is maybe patience and uh, a good head on you is uh, what makes a good solo player <laughs> maybe, maybe that's I'm quite why patient. i can't play solo <laughs> i'm quite patient i have to say shift w guys... is the only way yeah what do you guys think about the heavy bleed because for me i wonder how it's going to be implemented if it's going to be like a random chance to proc a heavy bleed or if it's going to be i think if you're to... going to get shot late wipe 
you're not going to have any light bleeds. It's going to be nothing but heavy bleeds because the ammo. I think the the damage and the ammo type is going to have a big effect as to what bleed That's it what is. That's what I was wondering. I mean, is it going to a... be like a high damage relates to a higher chance of heavy bleed? Is it going to relate to the fragmentation? I think high flesh damage. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if it's going to be something like high flesh damage yeah, is heavy bleed. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of feel that it's. I, I mean, I'd. I hated the weight system when they introduced the weight system, but now mm. that they've got the mule stim, and now, sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I'm sneezing so much. But now that they've got the weight system, and now that we've had a chance to level our strength from the beginning of the wipe, and they've not just introduced it yeah. at the end when yeah. no one has their strength leveled and yeah, okay. all that kind of stuff. I really like the weight system. I think that it's mm. added a lot to the game. I think the heavy bleeding is going to be the same thing. It's going to take us a while to get used to it, but I think that it's going to have a decent impact on the game yeah the reason i say that is because the blood trails for one i mean it's going to be so so useful being able to see where someone's run because there's a trail of blood following them it means that if you're a solo player and you get hurt it's going to be a lot harder for you to be able to actually hide and heal up or lie in a bush and let them walk past and not know Mm -hmm. where you are it's 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 going to make a huge difference to the game and i just really hope that they actually update the current med kits like the grizzly kit that will become useful again and stuff to be able to deal with those heavy bleeds rather than having to have another two or three slots in your inventory taken up by more different types of meds that you're going to have to have just to cope with that one situation i think it's going to be interesting to see like i think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how much damage it does because there's like there's certain things in the game that matter or, or don't matter right now right and they said like oh the ifax can be able to heal it temporarily i yeah. think and then you can be able to ha- take like zagustin stim and, and that kind of thing and um I, I think it's going to be interesting to see just like how long that pushes it out for because you know there's certain things like you know if you're sprinting around on broken legs or whatever it doesn't really hurt you that much it's fine and so if if the ifac kind of deals with it then i don't think it's going to be a big that big a deal but um yeah i think it's another you know i actually don't mind that they make you take more items because i feel in some ways like I like having more decisions more to make, and I just feel like I feel like you know, you, if you broadly speaking, I like having to make more choices and especially hard choices. Yes, but yes. that that said, that said, like if it's just going to kill you, then it's not really a choice anymore. And so I think they need to be quite careful with how they do it, mm, right? Because it does, it needs true. to be, it needs to be a choice to to either bring or not bring the item, and so it needs to be balanced in such a like way that. Fence. Like, Mints are an item yeah, that you choose yeah. to or not take with you, and it's a pain in the ass when you don't have one. But nine times out of ten, you won't need one because if you get shot, you're going to die anyway. Type situation. And you can just so use painkillers, think... and it's like running is yeah, you just can't yeah. run. It. You can walk normally. That's fine. So kind of where it is for me. Yeah. Is it going to be like on the spectrum on one side where I just pop a painkiller and I'm good to go, or is it going to be like you know, um, if I don't take care of this bleed immediately, I'm going to die in the next five seconds. You know. I, I fear that it's going to be on either one side of the spectrum, and ideally somewhere in the middle will be where we want it. I hope, I hope that skill, a skill level increase will also help you on this one. Yeah. Like, at the moment, I don't know if anyone notices, but like your endurance has a massive difference. Like, who, who here has done a wipe and they've gone back to running with minimal endurance and been like, oh my god, I can literally run 10 feet and my character's so fat he falls over and basically dies. But... If um if you get to max level of endurance, you can literally sprint from one side of a map to another. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping there's going to be some form of like the health skill at the moment. It's does X, Y, and Z. I hope actually as you level your health skill, 
or med they'll do something like for instance the the time to apply meds will be reduced or you know something along those lines you get better at doing it you get more experience at doing it like if you're wrapping a bandage suddenly your bandage is much quicker to apply or you're putting a tourniquet on all those kind of things i think could be quite a cool little feature if as you leveled it it improved that makes sense Mm. Yeah, I think that I think that could be quite good because then yeah, then it's not just like a pain that you just have to manage continually from yeah. the, the moment the patch drops and you're like always having to think about this like small because that's a, that's a, I think that's what would make it the worst, right? I think that's what would make it the worst is if it's a small chance like if you don't bring the thing with you, it's a small chance that then it just kills you. And that's yeah. it. And you're like there's no mitigation, there's no way that you can get to the exit or whatever. And so it's kind of like do I bring it to the raid and and you know have a normal raid like it was before because if you have the item it's not going to make any difference really or i don't have the item with me and then i've got a small chance that i just die <laughs> outright i think that's that's what would be like the worst outcome for it because it's just it just makes the game more unpredictable and annoying without actually adding any anything positive yeah it's very frustrating and it's going to be the kind of thing that you don't get it back on insurance so it's the kind of thing that nobody will ever loot someone if it's just like a, a tourniquet because everyone's going to have them it's like alu splints like you you, right. you take alu splints if they've got five out of five but you never take the single splints off of a person you always try then, and leave it usually you keep your alu splint in your container right so. exactly the majority of them i don't know why so i've got a half a med case full of them but i always get upset when i lose an alu splint for no reason <laughs> but, i think um, it's because they're so I mean, coveted when you're a new player right and you're just like that yeah. sometimes that never goes away you've got this kind of like thing in your brain of like oh alu splint you know but so we'll chat just... says something quite interesting that they they're basically saying well actually it will make ifax ifax are going to be a lot more useful as a single slot med mm. kit that can temporarily solve the issue um but stuff like car med kits the cheaper med kits that you use early on are going to become next to useless in, yeah. in comparison because after time you're not going to be able to use them to actually heal up or fix a bleed so what actually happens if you've got a heavy bleed and you use a car med kit, will it heal up the limb and you can constantly heal through the damage, even though you're going to be losing blood and losing health still? Or is it going to be the fact that if you've got a heavy bleed, you can't use the more simpler AI2 or car med kits on that injury until you've used a tourniquet and stopped the bleeding? I think you're still going to be able to use them. I would imagine you'd be able to heal through. I think if I remember the video demonstration, it looked to me like it when he used an IFAC it had like the bandage icon on where the bleed was and then maybe like 30 seconds later he was heavy bleeding again so maybe it's like you you know how like the ifac when you use it to stop a bleed it takes out a portion of hp maybe you could do that x amount of times and then from there you just gotta start using cheese or whatever yeah i don't know we'll have yeah to see. potentially we will have to see um yeah so did you guys want to talk? I think like we had in our notes and someone actually in my chat um, just mentioned something along the lines of like play past Kappa and about a bit about the end game. And wow. I think like we we said that we were going to talk about it if you guys are ready to. Yeah, I think it's a, um, a hugely important yeah. thing because it's uh, it's the first time I've ever got past Kappa this wipe. It's the first time I've ever had Kappa. As my chat will know, oh my God, was it disgusting trying to get to that point. Yeah, likewise. Um, it was likewise. fun. It was a grind. But the second you get Kappa, you kind of have all that tension leave your shoulders. And you're like, right, 
hang on, what's next? What do I do now? And the answer, before anyone says it, is not to run killer 100 times on interchange. No, no <laughs> um, that is not an acceptable answer that I will take from anyone. So um, it, it kind of is. What happens after Kappa? Because this is what, so the, in, in my chat, this is what the guy said. He said, look, I'm curious, being a player with 1,500 hours in the game, who plays solo and duo, Kappa requires an 100 plus mil. I struggle to find motivation to play raids when I feel like I'm risking way more than anyone else, especially when I have been having terrible luck and my last three raids have been ended by someone running a GL. Curious to know what 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 keeps you motivated to play once the tasks are complete. Which I think is actually quite a good question. It's, it sort of sums up the the what next of of Tarkov. Um, yeah, and and I think that depends on the person. Surely, I mean, yeah. I'm sure I, that the three of us will have completely different motives to play the game, probably. even though we all play it in the same way. Yeah. I mean, for me, I wanted to go for Kappa the swipe, but I lost motivation because I, I'm i a standard account player, and so I have Epsilon, which is one oh, less than oh, Gamma. Yeah, I know, right? Your stash. Painful. <laughs> it's expensive to upgrade, yeah. So, yeah. those extra three slots, I I just... I don't find enjoyable to do all these annoying quests, right? Like the value doesn't isn't there for me. But in some ways, it's interesting because what you said, you were jokingly saying, "What's next to do Killa a hundred times?" To other people, that would be it. Maybe it's not about the reward, but it's just doing something. You it's know? a the, the, the struggle. It gives them something to do. Yeah, but it's like that that re- that release once you complete it, like you finally got Kappa. It's like wow. And then it's like, well, now what, you know? It's just interesting to me. From my perspective, I'm actually enjoying the game again. So I did not enjoy Mm. doing some of those quests. Like, some of them are fun. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind doing some of them. Some of them take it a bit extreme in terms of wear this with this attachment and this Mm -hmm. specific headdress and go and kill 450 scavs in the dark, backwards, upside down, while they're talking to someone else and like some of the 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 things that they're asking you to do make it really difficult to complete them and i think that's part of the fun but it definitely sucked the fun out of it for me i mean insomnia especially i just completely not see why the times are between 11 and 4 i get that it's to get you to go night factory because otherwise night factory is pointless but just that was the quest for me that had me just frothing at the mouth i hated it and actually, I was losing. I I didn't have any money. I was losing gear. I was still going in. I was just try, going in for the point of trying to get these quests done. And it wound me up. And every stream, I would just be leaving the stream having felt like I'd not done particularly well in the game because you just can't. But now that I've got Kappa, I'm going into raids that I want to go into. Um, I'm going into maps with myself or other people, and I'm literally. I'm effectively going for PvP. I'm going to loot and PvP. And I'm enjoying it far more because I can direct my own raid. I don't have to go yeah. to this place and drop three gold chains in a microwave. You know, I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. I, I can actually go and enjoy something that I want to enjoy with the gear that I'm earning and see my stash value go up. So, so for me, after Kappa, I think it's safe to say is to get an increase in stash value. I want to loot. I'm here to loot people and I like looting people. I love Diablo 3. I love looting games. Mm-hmm. That is what drives me to now play is the fact that I've got all the money, all the gear that I want and I can now start increasing my empire of uh, my stash, essentially. 
but I know that that's probably not the same for Gigabeef. I'm I'm pretty sure that you're probably finding it quite difficult to find content, which is why you've gone on to the ultra hardcore, I want to kill myself type game mode that you're doing. Well, okay. So for me, it's, there's, there's kind of like two opposing things. So I do, it's funny actually, because like at the beginning I was, I did have that sensation of like, oh, okay, it's kind of finished. Uh, what next? And I wanted to do Kappa for my own kind of, just my own kind of like, I don't know, achievement, so to speak. Like the three, the three slots in the case really don't make any difference at all. Mm-hmm. They, may, they, they don't matter at all. It's literally just for kind of like my own prestige and my own kind of like, I don't know, feel, like feeling of accomplishment for myself. Like it's a challenge that I wanted to yeah. to do. And then like the closer I got, the more kind of the more I wanted it, I was like, actually, I, I think that this is possible and I can do this. And I sort of became a bit more hardcore about it for myself being like, I want to do this. And I've been doing it mostly on stream as well. Like pretty much all on stream. I pretty much only play on stream now, actually. Horrid. And I got to the stage. Horrid. Yeah, I got to the stage towards the end where I was like, I actually want to finish it solo as a point of pride for myself, just for myself, just to know that I've finished the game on my own. And yeah, if I've got chat there with me, then that's awesome. Um, which is, yeah, it's, it actually heightens the enjoyment for me playing with chat, um, especially solo, because I never used to play solo in PUBG. And so I'm really, really pleased that I did it that way for me. I think it's like, it's just, it made me so, so pleased and so happy when, when I did it. And especially with everybody there, it was like super, super awesome. And I did have that, that quick moment of just like, okay, what am I going to do now afterwards? There was, there are still some other quests, but I'm probably not going to bother doing them. Um, because I just don't feel the need. I don't feel the same kind of need for it. And for me, it's kind of like a split. It's split between two things. It's like running guns and equipment and stuff for um, YouTube style tutorial things that I haven't been able to do yet, and equipment and, that I haven't been able to have a, like a deep look into yet that I would like to test and and play. And then on the other side, it's like thinking about alternative ways to to play, which is kind of like where this like extra trail of thought has gone, which ended up me playing a little bit of hardcore because I was just intrigued because I actually, it was funny because it sort of had it, something that somebody said to me kind of almost had the opposite effect to what I think they had in mind, which was kind of interesting. So there was a discussion on one of my uh, videos about um, I think it was actually the, the original podcast video that we did about how, you know, people who say that, you know, they need something to do in Tarkov, maybe, maybe the game wasn't really for them in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like thought about that and I was like, I get it. Like I, that kind of makes sense. And I was thinking like, Hmm, you know, like PUBG, there's no traders and there's no quests. So there's no real progression except for in mm-hmm. the game. DayZ, there's progression in the game, but there's no traders. There's no quests. People just play the game to play the game. And I was like, yeah. well, what happens if you just play Tarkov? You just play Tarkov. That's it. You just play Tarkov. No traders, no quests, no no nothing. None of that stuff. No flea market. Just don't bother with anything. Just go into raids, find stuff. It's basically like, it's Tarkov, but it's actually DayZ. And I was like trying to brainstorm like what to do with like a challenge mode almost. And that like, I mean, I'll, I could talk about that more in, in a minute if you want to respond to that first, because this is kind of its own topic. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of two things for me. It's testing out stuff and um, I'm thinking of like new and interesting challenges because I, I don't really like looting. I think, if we I think get... it's content. Yeah, it's like Go on. going, Go on, going back to what the original question was, like what is there to do after Kappa, right? And I think at that point, there is no content. So they have two routes they can go. And and one route would be adding more content, and this is more like a singular or single player type of game. That for me is like how I look at it. 
Whereas like refining the gameplay loop to me is more of like a multiplayer online experience, right? Something like um Oh, I don't know. It's like World of Warcraft and stuff where you do the sure. raid over and over again because you want the one drop. Sure. I mean, exactly. there is no like, one drop, a, but I love seeing what people mechanic, have. Right. Whereas like adding a new zone or new map would be like content. But in the long term, I don't think that's like sustainable just like to keep adding content. Like they could keep adding quests and quests and quests and quests, but I don't think that's their model, their business model, right? They want to be done with this game but in the coming years or whatnot. So to me, it comes coming down years. to it's coming decade. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's like you just play the game, right? You just experience the gameplay loop, and and for me, I haven't played the game in like two months because I just sort of lost motivation for Kappa, and the the loop is just acquiring wealth, and once you get a certain amount of wealth, there's just not. I don't know. I I don't feel like I feel like I could run Meta Gear. For like ten days straight, and I probably should have done that, but I focused so much on on like acquiring wealth that I got stuck in this mentality. Of like, okay, yeah, every raid I have to profit, you know. And I think I think I actually genuinely think this is why I ended up on this track, right? Of just being like, what happened to just playing the game for its for its own sake, right? And it's yeah. like people play CS or whatever, and they come out. There's no there's no like stash, there's no net worth or anything, and people like well, that's rank. We all get they go for rank. They do, they do, they that's do, they do. They that's do. true, that's true, but. You know what I mean, right? It's like if people are playing like raid-based um, things, and even and even something like DayZ, and there's there's progression in that in that game. I feel like yeah, I, I feel like sometimes we get so sucked into kind of the economy and the economy set because Tarkov is an economy game. I say this all the time. It is a game about economy mm-hmm. and about making money, right? It's it's a money-making game um, in a kind of uh, a very sort of an- anarchistic kind of way. Um, but that's what it is ultimately. But I think sometimes we like get so focused on that that we actually like miss the fact that just going into raids and playing the game to go and kill people, which is kind of what I like to do, mm-hmm. is is fun on its own. And that's what I've yeah. kind of spent the first bit of my time doing is like yeah, running running fun kits and stuff and testing out new things. But for me, it's like going to raids and just fighting, just going and fight people. And it's not like I'm not like a big like labs PvP, dorms PvP, factory PvP kind of person. But I'm happy to run around woods, have a bunch of fights you know get some get some loot off some players and, and leave and you know if i kill a couple of pmcs then, then that's great right like i have a, i have a great time doing it and that's that's how it used to be for me when i was playing PUBG back then right it's the same thing you you, you get into final circle and have some great raises or get great fights and you might not win um but you, but you had some like awesome firefights and it was it was super cool and pull off some some good strats and stuff and like i think the game in and of itself actually is really quite good outside of some networking problems and um and we get so hung up on the the economy part and like oh you know i could run i can i can now run 100 meta kits or whatever it's like is that a problem like it's fine right we can still play the game it's okay and and it's and it's fun to play yeah i think that's kind of where i got to it's the difficulty is bsg have already failed in their end game because they released labs and i don't know if you're around gigabee but when they released labs at the time was their end game oh my god you can now go into labs you can get your key cards you can go into labs that was what they were planning to do it was going to be the end game arena that everyone could only really get to once they had gotten the kit to go there and it was so hard to play but actually that's become hackers paradise but that's probably a whole different story but that's their end game which i don't think is suitable i think it's a great idea as having labs as a map i don't have a problem with that but it's not an end game and i think the way that there's two as as church was saying there's two avenues that you can go down either releasing dlc and keep expanding it or 
people enjoy the game for what it is and actually they find what they enjoy in the game and continue to do that. So I, for instance, had a really good friend in this game that didn't play Tarkov for Tarkov. He played it for the flea market. The guy had billions of rubles because that's what he did. His, he played the flea market. He loved the economy game. He would, mm. as you were saying in Last White, you would make money from buying money uh, ammo from traders and selling it on the flea market. You'd flip it. Well, he made all of his money from buying and selling, doing barter trades, and literally played the market. And he would make over 10 million a day in rubles because he got you know 50 slots on the flea market. And he loved doing that. They changed the flea market. He's never come back to it since because they changed the game that he enjoyed. Now, I really enjoy looting people. So I like doing PMC fights. I like doing PvP. I like getting that stuff. And I like being able to uh, take it out of raid. And, and I feel like that's a sense of, sense, sense of accomplishment getting those trophies but i do think that bsg could do a few simple things to give people kind of a, a quality of life like introducing natural quests so not going out and specifically trying to do it but you have they already track the stats but if you kill a thousand scavs you get a, a cosmetic item or something along those lines stuff that they can actually kind of offer people for the long term if that makes sense yeah it does make sense i mean this is kind of like the original reason why I'm still listening, but I really need to run to the loo, so I'll be one second. Okay, all right. Hopefully you turn your mic off. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like, this is the original point that we were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The other day when we had our chat about, and the reason why I was interested in hardcore and wondering whether that would extend it out, because I was trying to make parallels previously with actual RPGs and you touched on it, Shifty, which reminded me about people run, you know, the same because you, you you mentioned Diablo three, and I actually played a lot. I didn't play that much Diablo three. I played some, but I played a lot of Diablo two. And you run the same boss over and over and over again to go and get that, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny infinitesimal yeah. chance drop. And but I because I, I've had time more to reflect on it as well, and I feel like EFT's not. I don't know if it really lends itself well to that kind of thing because firstly you'd have to decide, okay, well, what what's going to be what is that drop going to be that's actually going to be worth it? Like, I don't feel like it can be the red SI advanced tube that is really rare, but all it does is give you like 4% accuracy because they wouldn't want to, they wouldn't want to make something completely OP because that would just sort of take the point out of the game in some ways. And then at the same time, because everything that you own in, in game is transitory right like you die with it and then it's gone like that's kind of the beauty of the rpgs where you run the boss a th- like a thousand times and then you get this rare drop and you get to attach whatever it is to a piece of equipment or it's a you know a high a high bold piece of loot or, or whatever mm-hmm. you then get to keep that forever whereas on eft right everything you have is is going to go eventually if you use it and so it's it's not the same and i feel that that's quite like because I, I, I thought maybe they could go down that route but i'm just not sure if they i'm just not sure if they can and especially not with the flea, which is what brought me on to thinking, well, why don't they have a completely separate hardcore server where people, you know, the only thing, maybe you can buy from level one traders, but after that, everything's fine in raid. And then it would be kind of like... I've talked about that. They have talked about introducing a, a separate kind of, you can have your one account, but you can have different accounts on that account. So you can do an actual hardcore account that's set to specific hardcore rules like Deadly Slob has. And you can turn off flea market and x y and z on that account in in later when they release it physically can't go on the flea market and you only see those bits of the game and you can do run that as a completely different stash and as a separate account to if you're running the main game yeah the only the, the thing that actually brings it together though is the fact that 
you would still be going up against people from the main game yeah which i don't think is yeah i don't think that's as good right i don't think that's as good you want to be with people on the same on the level playing field which is why like what i'm doing now is 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 fun right it's it's kind of interesting i'm just sort of i'm I'm experimenting as well like i actually don't know what's good or what's not but i feel like you know they could make they could add lots of different layers i think people want more layers that's what i that's what i think anyway like i was almost like brainstorming just random brainstorming about things that they could do stuff like you know there's certain places which are more kind of like town like you know you have prapor who's supposed to be in the town map which they haven't even released or talked about really yet but the closer you are maybe to town like you can then get stuff from the traders whatever in the flea market might be somewhere but the further away you get like if you're in reserve or you're in labs or whatever then like you're miles away and you can't buy stuff from the flea anymore because it's too far there's no traders nearby so you can't buy anything so everything that you get to those those maps with you have to have like brought with you or something or you might even have like you might have to upgrade or build mini stashes on in those maps and on the transition from one map to another i've just kind of like brainstorming like how can you add extra layers to the game to make it more rpg but without it being like something that i'm really not looking input. forward to that's the bit that i don't like the idea of is the really? open world part of the game i like the concept i love the game that we're currently playing i like the raid system and so i don't want to have to go i mean from the point of view of the way they said to get to labs you have to go mm. in customs through factory and then into labs and then out of labs and back through factory and then back through customs like that to me means that you're going to be playing for the best part of two to three hours to do that one raid and i get that but i don't have that time to commit to something like that when two hours into that raid you could literally come out of a door of factory into customs get one shot from someone camping the yeah. door that you've come out of and that is two and a half hours odd of your commitment down the drain you've lost it all and i get that's the concept of the game but i think that that will take it to a place that i won't enjoy because i don't have 12 hours a day to play the game have you guys i like ever played ones in rust the game rust i haven't no. okay but that's so, effectively I've I've seen youtube videos of it yeah. and that's why i haven't played it is because of the time commitment that you need to play yes. the game because in Rust, where it differs from EFT, they're both very similar, in my opinion. Where it differs from EFT is, well, I guess in this current state, they're different in map design too. But but Rust, for example, you have an open world, if you will. Like, it's a big map. And there's all these little points of interest where you could think of them as, like, customs and factory and et cetera, where they have, like, loot and good spawns. But they're usually gated somehow. Like, you need to get... I'd have to go to, like, a low-tier zone to get a card a key card to unlock a mid-tier zone right so and that way think of like eft in that perspective how they're they're different when also in rust all the items you accumulate you store in a physical location in a base that can be raided by other players so at any point you could wake up the next day log on and you just you're back to being a naked on the beach whereas in eft you constantly are building up a supply and then slowly you take out a little bit each time. <laughs> Not slowly. <laughs> I lose it quite quickly, actually. <laughs> well, I, I guess it differs for each player. But it, for me, I think one of my mistakes this wipe was focusing so much on being super economic that I couldn't play the game normally without having money on my mind. You know, like every yeah. raid was like, I need to make profit, you know, like, uh, I don't, even though I have like 10 million in the stash and, and a ton of gear sets and boxes full of stuff like box, honestly, carrying boxes in your stash doesn't even make sense. Like it's better just as like 
sell everything and just buy it to go. But if if they were to when I don't know what open world's gonna look like, but switching Tarkov to an open world would be in, interesting in certain ways because, for example, in Rust they have um, traders, if you will, at certain locations, and the locations are a safe zone. Like you can't shoot or attack in the safe zone. If you try to, you'll you'll just Same die thing. instantly. That's yes, that's exactly and, and I've been trying to learn more about Z. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I don't like, is the idea of it becoming a running simulator. That Oh, I need to go to this yes, trader. He's in this area. I am like go all the way across seven con, continents. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But in some ways, one of the things you could do is, like, if you had something really valuable, but you had to go to a physical location to put on the flea market, it could make it more interesting gameplay, because I could kill someone that had, like, a labs key card or i guess that wouldn't apply but you know some really good armor or a good gun or whatever a quest item they were trying to sell in the flea market they crafted in the hideout it would just kind of open up the uh gameplay elements in my opinion but at the same time disagree i just think it mm -hmm. would make it a completely different game to what they're currently selling i've invested in eod i like my eod account but i would not pay anywhere near that kind of money for daisy and that's effectively what it is i know that that's where nikita got the majority of what he likes about tarkov is is from daisy that's the kind of gameplay he likes but for me that's a completely different game to this and actually when they make it open world if they don't leave the standard raid options i very much very well could be uh, moving on to something else because it's just i don't have time to commit to it I think that's a very interesting point, actually, because it's one thing that I've always said about Daisy is as much as I love the game, you know, I, I used to play it back in university, but it it's you basically have to play it like your real life, yeah, right? And the game is brilliant. Right? The game is absolutely brilliant, but it's like it's brilliant because of the the peaks and troughs of um, you know stuff doesn't nothing happens for three hours. Well, for a lot of a lot of people, especially you know once you're kind of past student days or whatever, you just that's like you know maybe two evenings <laughs> and for exactly. nothing that's happen, all of your gaming time for a week yeah, sometimes yeah exactly and so i do actually take your point there but i feel i still feel like there's some ways that they can make make the they can kind of extend the game out without it being um 100 i hope they do because i would being, love to do it in open world i love the idea about going over the mountain on shoreline into reserve you see the dome you can see it there i'd love to be able to go from one to the other and go up the other side the cliff descent to dome and suddenly be in reserve i love that idea but i want it to become open world in the sense that it literally comes horrible to play i like yeah uh, bungie's game destiny 2 well like destiny 2 that's terrible I, open world like any game where you go for a checkpoint and suddenly everything has to load for four hours and you go in and then suddenly the mobs reset every two minutes and uh you know all that kind of crap could you imagine going to customs and killing scabs and they respawn every 15 minutes because you're in an open world environment? You would just have people queuing there. It would become World of Warcraft. People were trying to kill bunny <laughs> rabbits in a field because the scabs respawn every 15 minutes. There's five of them. They spawn there, kill them. You move to your next place. You get your next thing. I feel it like it will be always be raid orientated, even if it's open world. I, st- I still think it'll be kind of like there'll be a pause between maps of some kind, right? It's just there'll be... Then how of- many people are going to go in on a server? Like if if... If if you have an open world environment that is all of those maps together, 
to populate it with PMCs. I mean, currently you're saying that you're struggling to find people on customs and there's 12 people on customs. If you put 12 PMCs across every single goddamn map, you'll never find anyone. Like once in a blue moon, you would need to have hundreds of people on that in, in squads and stuff across the whole area of each of the maps. And even then, I think that their current performance and their their current um, ability to produce decent servers, I think that it will be just a shit show. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's ever going to look like that. Like personally, I don't think it's ever going to look. It's not going to. The game's not going to look like that ever. I. I don't think. I just. It's just so far from from that that it seems unrealistic. But I'm like, I'm. I'm still struggling personally to find a way. And yeah, the 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 risk of people saying, oh well, no, but you should just play it for the game. Like they they can they can add other stuff to the game whilst people can still play it for the game itself right and i i'm still struggling to think how they do fix the problem because it is an issue for some people getting to end game and not having stuff to do and they want to have things to do and they want to have goals and whatever and i still am not entirely sure how they how they get that feeling of progression for people because it is for, for a lot of people it is that feeling of progression upgrading the hideout all that kind of stuff that is fun right and like having a big tech tree so to speak is is quite interesting because you've yeah. always got stuff to go and do and i don't think making that bigger is necessarily a problem but you don't want it to necessarily like imbalance the game so that people are then like really overpowered either so it's it's hard it's actually really hard and i don't know what the right solution is honestly i think was, the problem was it your stream where you were someone was talking about blueprints and the way that you um yeah. You learn stuff in the the hideout you currently you just suddenly you upgrade a level and suddenly you're able to make all of these cool things whereas actually that could be a good thing i mean they've announced the campaign they're doing a campaign so maybe the point is once they release the campaign there'll be far more character progression because the other thing that we haven't discussed which is a whole different kettle of fish is the fact that you second bear don't mean absolutely diddly squat right yeah. now apart from if you're watching the raid program watch those youtube videos that's the only place where it means something game it's just what voice lines you're going to get or what outfit you're going to wear yeah so once the sections actually start coming in and you've got the uh the new um cultists that are coming in to uh stab you in the back in, in night and stuff maybe that's the point they're going to start filling it out in terms of they've got the gameplay mechanics they've got the maps but they're going to start filling out the backstory and stuff that you can do because of those factions and stuff maybe it's going to be a tarkov war maybe bears and usex will actually have to fight so Currently, bears win reserve, and uh, it comes like Planet Side Two, where you're all oh fighting over Tarkov. How cool would I that mean, be? That's a completely different way, but it'd be quite interesting. You go in with loads of other bears, and you have to work out who's friendly and who's not, and you get infighting and all sorts. But I mean, if you're fighting over customs, you're literally fighting over controlling customs, and you have to defend it. I mean, that's a completely different way to go, but it's a a way that it could go potentially if they're doing factions. Yeah, I think. Part of the problem is too is that we just don't know what Nikita means when he says the game's going to be open world. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean like Daisy, or does that mean like I'm going to load into a raid and be able to jump from one map to another, another? You know, like so. I guess at that point we're just stuck at speculation. But for for me, yeah, I think that's the only way. That's the only way that I'd enjoy a completely open world is if there was a big faction war. <laughs> Generally thinking about it, I'd love to be Bear versus yeah, Usec no, and fun. you'd have to actually do raids. But then like to do it, you'd have to be on individual servers and stuff and you'd have to try and... It's like a Minecraft server in a way. You invite loads of people and you all just fight against each other. So it would be completely different. All the maps would have to grow about 5 million times bigger. But could you imagine literally 
you you see an army of a hundred PMCs running towards your uh, place that you have to defend in dorms, and you're just on one of the LMGs and firing. I mean, it's it's insane the possibilities. <laughs> as, thinking about it, but, as yeah. chat's saying, quite, like how oh. hard would it be to do quests? Someone's saying in chat, yeah. <laughs> how do you get the pocket watch? You're trying it's to get in the middle of watch, yeah. and there's like. <laughs> And there's like six GLs on each side, and there's like artillery going off oh and mortars. You and guard that pocket watch with your life, soldier. <laughs> you don't let any of those dirty you, you sets come and get it. Can you it's imagine? Fair property that pocket watch. A hundred players at the start of a wipe trying to go to customs to do a pocket watch quest. That'd be oh, insane, dude. There'd have to be like players. And it only spawns max. once every fifteen minutes. The pocket watch has a reset timer. <laughs> You're giving me, uh, you're giving me flashbacks to a game that I keep like I keep coming back to, which like no one else seems to know about at all. It was like some some niche game, and it was uh, one of the, I think it was the one of the very very first MMO RTSs that was out. And you've like kind of almost scoped out a very similar thing. And I used to love this game. It was called Shatter Galaxy. It was like this Korean thing from years ago, mm. and they had this system where so you you controlled like six units, and um, and you've there was effectively a, a map with like three sort of. Uh, three quadrants in it and you get randomly assigned to one of the teams and then if you go into another um another faction's area you take it over and then if two if you go into another area of, from another faction and someone's already in there then it starts a battle and then there's kind of like a capture the point kind of thing so you spawn in with your six units and then other people can come and reinforce that fight it almost sounds like it almost sounds kind of like what you were talking about because i absolutely adored that system and it means that there's just continual endless warfare going on people trying to capture ground yeah. back and forth from each other and there's no there's no point to it but it gives people a, a something to actually go and do yeah yeah that was the whole point in planet side too and i didn't play a lot of it but the concept is incredible where you have literally fights where you're fighting over something and you get back, beaten back and you have to retreat and they take over the area and then you can do a raid on it and stuff. I think that kind of concept is great. I have no idea how they'd implement it, but it would definitely be an interesting thing to yeah. watch. Like 100%. Yeah. Um, I'd love to play something like that. That would make it far more easy for people like me who haven't got a lot of time as well because you can jump in and join in the warfare. Yeah. Take your loot, get out and extract or whatever. You don't necessarily have to go do it, but as you said, as your chat has pointed out, that kind of makes quests and stuff to be completely impossible to do. Yeah, it changes the game so much. It's so hard to come up with something new and like radical and overhauling it without like breaking it. So many other things and the yeah. game's are not the same. Chat's talking about a kudos system. I've not heard of it, but apparently we're introducing a kudos system where if you kill another bear, it'll decrease your um, something with the bear faction. Um, and you system. have to, you have to try and recognize yeah it's like a karma system you kill a bear then obviously bears are pissed off at you so i don't know how yeah. it would work and what the uh what the the effect would be if you do kill bears like what they decrease like not uh, the thing about that means other like... bears shoot you on site they're going to be usec and bear scavs now are they going to be ai controlled you get like a bounty bears? on you or something and because like, i've seen i've seen that system like bandied around before and other people and i agree with them have said that you need some way of differentiating between the different the different groups because right now it's almost impossible and you'd need some kind of in-game comms between people who are on the same team that aren't yeah, yeah. actually playing together because otherwise it's just like it's just not possible like maybe you'd like be shown where the other people where the other people on your team are being spawned in maybe so you get shown where the other bears are being spawned and then you can communicate potentially through the in-game radio or something i don't know but like you'd need to, you'd need to find a way because right now you just like everyone looks the same because we're all wearing the same gear um so i, I don't know well, maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe you'd like 
maybe people would kind of be locked into their gear from their faction in some sense. You know, it'd be quite rare to find a bear running. You can only use AKs ball. and Kalashnikov guns yeah. as a bear, and you can use M4s and stuff. Well, at as least a... it'd be unlikely. I don't know. It sounds make like it very difficult to play with your friends. I don't know how it would work, to be honest. Yeah, it's sounds... they've also said about doing clans and stuff in games. There must be some kind of a team and stuff. They've they've said that they'll never release in-game comms. Nikita is so dead set against it. I mean, they're talking about actually being able to, you know, take over a building and 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 create some sort of a an territory or your own stash or whatever. So I mean, potentially there is scope for stuff like that. But I think until Streets of Tarkov is out of the way, they're just not going to know anything. I think that once that map's released, that'll be the point where they start trying to introduce more of the open world aspects. Well, well yeah, to me, from what I understand, uh, VoIP is a thing that's coming. Because how how can you have open oh, world? Oh, I've seen I've seen five six interviews where Nikita have said countless times and in statements that he will never introduce VoIP into this game because he doesn't want it to become like that. You've got in-game actions; you can say stuff. He doesn't want this game to fall into the PUBG toxicity of, ah, oh, fuck you, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't want that. He, that's why he said that he doesn't want it. Yeah. And I've seen so many interviews where he said that. So I, if, I would be so surprised if he went back on that. I mean, he's literally said straight to Pastilli's face, no, we're not doing VoIP. Because VoIP, he, you know, Pastilli was the champion for it because he tries to make friends with all the players, Gavs, etc. And it'd be so much easier to make friends with someone. But I think that's half of the fun of what it is. You don't know if you're going to get stabbed in the back. You can't communicate with someone. You don't know who they are and you're never going to see them again. You don't know that you're going to see them again. And I think, so that's, I think yeah. that's kind of Nikita's point. Right? Of He's game. like, he doesn't want to break the immersion of the game in that like, people will play music out of VoIP and stuff. And they, they will, right? And it's, it's so yeah, anti-Tarkov. He'd rather people not be able to communicate than then break the immersion of the game itself. I just don't see how you can have a karma system, how you can have an open world without communication because it's always going to be still on site fair point yeah like I same mean, with scabs. maybe that's what it it's is it's so rare that you ever get I mean, a wiggle proper wiggle with some another friendly scab <laughs> i've had it happen to me three times since i've started playing this game and uh two of the times i'm sh- ashamed to say that i've ended up killing the other person <laughs> <Four guys already. laughs> but um, right because you you don't you have no human interaction with this guy. You can't hear like his voice, his tone, like what he sounds like. Like you don't know if because you're thinking he's probably gonna kill you first, right? You're all just like playing a stalemate game of like I've had it happen. You have to keep one eye on him and one eye, and if you go yeah. to loot anything, yeah, you like, literally cannot. It but, is so I mean, sketchy when you go to loot with a sca- AI player scout behind you just ready to shoot you. Exactly, and in in my defense, like if if I get spooked at all, it's it's him or me. Yeah, it's that kind of situation, and it could be the nicest person in the world. But I'm sorry if they're looking at you nonstop while you're doing something, or they're they're not going about their business and they're just staring at you with a gun. I mean, take that to be a threat. I was (laughs) can't not (laughs) also against Voip coming to Tarkov for the immersion. But here's the thing: as long as they have an option to meet it, then problem solved right but i think even if yeah but then that breaks it because you'll then start getting annoyed with people that don't respond to you in game so if you think that everyone's going to be using voip if if i saw gigabeef in raid he's streaming and he's got voip turned off and i'm going along going hey hey let's let's party let's party and then he just shoots me then i'm instantly like wow what a cock i don't know that he's <laughs> muted i think it has to be all or nothing and i think it's better to be nothing maybe I kind of agree. I I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I just don't see. Yeah, 
and you can't control what people are going to do with it and people some people are going to be annoying with it and yeah yeah like people that start playing soundboards for it and like all sorts of things like it's it's that to me will take the immersion away and make it more like PUBG slash call of duty slash every other toxic game out there i mean how many games of uh is go are there on youtube with the most toxic players in the world because they have void the only thing that you can find toxic in uh tarkov is if someone sends you a friend request you're dumb enough to accept it and then they start spamming you with crap in a text message. I mean, it's yeah. just slightly different for streamers. I mean, if we've got TTV in our name, at least they can come and do it to our faces. But I don't I, even have I, TTV I in like my name. So I don't even I don't have well, people coming into that because I don't have it in, in it, there. I genuinely think yeah. that the toxicity in this game is so much lower and it's all based on forums. It's there is hardly any when you actually play the game. You just get frustrated when you die. That's it's the main true. point. You're like, oh, I did shoot him. I did shoot him. And you go back and watch it back in the Gigabeast replay system. And actually you shot everything but him. And there's proof of it because you got the replay. And yeah. it's just one of those things. So I, I genuinely think that it's in a good place at the moment because there's no toxicity in that sense. I actually should put this out. I, I recorded this clip ages ago and like, I should put it out on Twitter at some point. But it was like my my only really good interaction. I was trying to do the shotguns quests and um, I was on, on interchange just running around with a, with a shotgun on the outside section. And this guy starts wiggling at me. I fired like two shots, but he like starts spamming voice lines and is wiggling at me. And he runs across and I was like saying to chat, I was like, oh, I've, I've made a friend. Let's just go and see what happens. And like, I just sort of follow him and he's trying to do, he's trying to put these gazelles down by the, uh, the pile of rubbish. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go and defend him. And then he's like literally right next to me and then he just goes like in the movies i've got a bad feeling about this and then they get one tapped with m80 from someone completely <laughs> random from miles away and like the timing was just absolutely perfect i should i should actually find that clip and put it out because it was honestly it was the, one of the funniest moments i've had in Tarkov. but other than that like i have so few moments where it's like teaming up with people actually makes sense it's so uh, especially as a solo right like you're 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 on edge anyway like, as soon as someone appears like because that's one of the big advantages of playing solo anyway is that you'll just kill on site with everything and you don't get that kind of like is that you is that your is is that you where are you are you over by the rock you know, is that, is that me? <laughs> yeah and there's and there's a massive advantage for solo on that point and it's actually much less stressful in some ways because you just like gun at everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> I agree. interesting i've actually had moments like that where i've been uh, looking out the window and suddenly one of my teammates comes falling past me because they've fallen off the roof. And it's just it's like, yay! And they just come flying past the window. And you're just like, wait, what? And like, yeah, I felt. <laughs> Those kind of moments are pure comedy gold. Sure. But, um, That's good. Yeah, mine are mostly team kills. So someone runs in front of my gun and I shoot them in the head and I'm like, oops. <laughs> yeah. I think we've uh, we've obviously talked about a lot tonight yeah. and i think that we are just very unfortunate that the uh patch hasn't dropped because i think a lot of the things we talked about would be answered and we'd have answers if we have the patch so uh, i think there's definitely gonna be a lot to pick up in the next podcast yeah sure. we'll have to uh come back to a lot of these topics that we didn't get to fully discuss for sure yeah no, i agree and next time as well there, there'll be a couple more people i think joining us isn't there so yeah you won't have to just listen to our uh, humble opinions. I think <laughs> yeah, there's um, a few, uh, few others. Dan actually left a uh, message for us. He wanted to uh, introduce who he was. Sorry if I play it on stream. Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. Let me just find it here. Hope you're having an amazing day. My name is Dan. I'm currently shit in my pants. Oh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I guess, Dan. 
Amazing. That's Dan uh, Dan Exer, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, a streamer yeah. from the UK. Um, really nice guy. Um, but he's currently playing in the Tarkov. What's the competition? I think he's actually playing in a Fall Guys uh, Twitch. Ah. What is it? Twitch Rivals. I think. Twitch Rivals. There we go. Yeah. I, I looked it up and I didn't see a Tarkov. I was like, why is there a Fall Guys in this time slot? Oh, he must be playing a Fall Guys. <laughs> Because I yeah. was looking for a Tarkov one, I just assumed, but yeah. So we wish him the best. Indeed, yeah. indeed. But yeah, hopefully he'll be joining us right at uh, at some point, and and Ghost as well, and then maybe a few other people too. Who knows? I, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, one Still. of the things I want to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fun to do special guests and stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely want to incorporate some more things. Um, I'm going to send you guys a link in Discord. I can uh, navigate here. There is. We're gonna upload this to all the platforms out there and available. But there's a site called Anchor.fm, and it's actually really cool because there's some great community interaction, which we want to drive more of. And next podcast, we'll definitely have to take a time out for chat and questions they have. Or one of topics they want us to visit and discuss. We'll definitely I mean, I've that. got time now. If anyone's got any uh, questions in chat or anything they want to kind of bring up, then uh, feel free to ask. But yeah. um, I've kind of just been adding in bits from chat as we've been going along. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, I have to admit, which I don't know if Blow any uh, told you, uh, Gigabeef, but um, my chat was started playing a game with me. So they were giving me words and phrases they want me to s- kind of sneak into the podcast throughout the uh the majority of this podcast so there's a few things that they were telling me to uh sneak in that i've managed to get in stuff like the word pasta how the hell am i meant to get pasta into a podcast but i managed it um and a few bits like that so we we have been having a, a mini side game on the uh on the i did think that was a bit random at the time i was like that's a, that's an <laughs> odd thing to say but it is, i just was yeah, like i, just I went mean, with it Blowinny had the best one. I can't even remember what it was, but I didn't know what it was. I had to Google what the word meant to try and work out how to use it. So, um, that was that was quite good fun. Um, yeah, so sorry about that. But it, actually, it it was it was quite amusing for chat as well because it it meant that they were actually paying attention and listening to us. So I think it was a good game to play. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Brilliant. If- okay. Well. Uh- Thank you very much for uh, for for letting me join, and thanks very much for the time. Um, oh, I'm uh, obviously going to go play Tarkov now. So um, yeah, I thanks for setting it up. If, if you still yeah. want to uh, do duos, or if you want to do whatever you're doing, I'm, that's fine. I'm I'm happy to play some duos if you're game. Yeah, definitely. I'm up for uh, whatever. So um, what will you can teach me interchange? Yeah, if we take <laughs> a couple of minutes and just reconvene in a minute in uh, in Discord. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, thanks very much again, uh, Church Boy, for hosting it as well. And uh, definitely just let me know when you want to do the next one and we'll get that sorted. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys so much for coming on and doing this with me. Um, let's plan for first Friday of, what is that, November? Yeah, I mean, just post the dates in, um, in, yeah. the, in the chat and we'll work out what everyone's doing and stuff. We might swap up the times or do something a little different. But um, two quick things before we end. Uh, I posted both the YouTube channel in our Discord call and the Anchor website um, where people could follow to keep up with the podcast and 
we'll be uploading the episodes to all the platforms, like I said earlier. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. Appreciate it. Cool. I'll check it out and I'll I'll share it on uh, yeah definitely in my Discord and stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see see where it goes. All right, guys. Brilliant. Have a good one. Okay. Talk to you in a bit. Cool. I catch you in a bit.